0: garden help you need. Now, Mid-South Gardening, powered by Palladio Home and Garden, with your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder.
1: Good morning, Mid-South. Good morning to Mid-South Gardening. I'm Veda with Palladio. And
2: I'm Mr. Kenneth Mabry with Dan West Garden Centers.
1: And I'm Jim
2: Crowder, administrator of our Mid-South Gardening Facebook group, yeah, and retired nurserymen. and retired nurserymen.
1: yeah, pretend retired yeah. nurseryman, right?
2: Yeah. Sometimes I'm retired.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Uh, can I say it? It's fall. Is it officially fall? No, it's not. <laughs> it's no, not, not. I quite. guess it's not officially. Is that September twenty third? But it's sure first? better than last week. That's <gasps> right. So I'm saying fall. Did
3: y'all get any rain at all this week? A little bit. Uh, I, I no.
2: Total, over the whole hurricane period, they're less than a half inch. Yeah, oh, same yeah, here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking wow. for a nice little deep soaking yes. rain, you know. didn't happen. Yeah, again, everything's
1: no. kind of slow. You can get stuff done at the garden center. If you're off of work like I was and expecting... A nice rainy day but i know
2: some of our listeners got a good bit of rain yeah
1: the further
3: east you went yeah because uh, that thing took up mm-hmm. that thing <laughs> that tropical <laughs> storm that came through it kind of took a veer to the right a little too soon mm-hmm. for us to really get uh substantial rains right here but yeah the further east you went the more rain right. you got yep. so
1: don't think you got enough to not water yeah because we wanna, still uh, have to water
2: central park in just a couple of days broke their record twice they got three inches of rain in an hour I mean so wow. I mean and my point is when sometimes today I've got to do some watering. Yeah, oh I've been
3: watering almost all day yesterday. You know. Moving sprinklers. But it uh you know, it, it did bring in a little cooler temperature and you oh, felt yeah. that breeze, you know, the next day and it it, it felt great because I'm telling you, last week I don't know if I could have done much more Another of that. Another week,
1: right, especially when we're not supposed to be that warm. And uh, we had, um, just in time, mums. Oh, yeah. The, you know, it was, like, really hot. Then they came in, was cooled down just enough for everyone to say, okay, mums, let's go with mums. And it cool. won't
3: be long. We'll start thinking about pansies, pansies and bolas and cabbage and kale. Bolas.
1: And, he says bolas.
3: You know, that vi- vi-
1: Viola. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's that, that, those days are coming up here pretty quick. Yes, they are. In fact, you know, the dog days of summer, you know, the beautiful annual color that we put in last spring. It's beautiful. It still is, yeah, but I mean, for some reason it's like I'm getting a little tired of it. I'm ready for a change, you know? And I don't know why I feel that way. I shouldn't feel that way. Some of mine's looking a little tired, too. That's also the point, Jim, you know? So we get in there and start ripping that stuff up and feel pretty good about it. Yeah. and Turn
2: right around and plant new stuff in there. I know it. But I got snapdragons that I planted last fall that are now recovering and starting to bloom again. Isn't
1: that amazing? Because snapdragons on a whole really don't do that well. But I have seen them so many times. I mean, I've heard they don't do well, but I've seen so many times coming back. Yes. And they're really hardy. They're technically and yes. perennial.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, it's just we treat them as an annual. Yeah,
3: and, it's I mean, worth. Any, any secrets with the Snapdragons? I mean, because, you know, they come yeah. in in the spring. You can get the uh, – in the fall, I'm sorry. In spring. In
1: spring, yeah. But you
2: can get the short varieties. You can get the tall varieties. And – What's your take on that well you know, i've got I planted both, and I've got some of both that survived, but the taller ones were by far hardier. Uh, and mm. took the heat better than the dwarfs did, oh, nice. uh, and uh, you know I, I took some out just mm-hmm. because in the spring, just because I needed room for lantana <laughs> yeah. and some other stuff. Uh, but I left some, and you know, and they're they're blooming nice now. So you know, and, it, and drainage I, is key. And is either yeah, you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. drainage is key. They do
3: not like our heavy clay soil. And is either Jim? It was either you or they It was you. Um, You know, typically when I'm getting rid of my spring color, I'm pulling it out, root and all, okay, and knocking the dirt off. And That'd be it. me. That'd be me. But, but, telling you, don't do that. But uh, it was, Jim. Okay, so you're saying? I think you said instead of just pulling
2: that thing up and knocking mm-hmm. the dirt off on the compost pile, just cut it off at ground level. Right. right. Yeah. You've got all that organic matter there that That's, will just—it's mm-hmm. broken the ground up for you. You got stuff worked all the way down into the soil. Just leave those roots and let them become organic matter. You know. And, and if I got to go back in there and plant uh, pansies or violas in the same area.
3: And then just get my trowel and just kind of break that up. Yeah, but just job. leave it in the ground. You're saying absolutely.
1: Yeah. Break it up between the root ball. And I've yeah. never <laughs> and I've never break.
3: done that. I've always yeah. pulled them out of the ground.
1: Yeah. But, but I'm pulling
3: up good soil and everything yeah. else when I do that. And like right. I said, that root system's going to break down and turn into compost mm-hmm. anyway.
2: Right. You know, they say that if if you were to plant an oat seed, okay, you gotcha all right, and let it grow for 75 days and then pull it up and count all of the roots there's over 57 miles of roots mm-hmm. on a single oak plant now all that's organic matter down in your ground mm-hmm. so that's what you want to leave you know leave that down in there and, mother and, nature and is doing there, that for you yeah and is there i guess there's not a bedding
3: plant whether it's vinca or impatience whatever that you should not leave that root system in the ground. There's not a bad root system in no, uh, that I know of. No,
2: and and you know a lot of the. Borderline ones like Lantana. Yeah. A lot, some of those will come back. You know, we got two or three varieties like Ms. New Huff Gold, Miss Huff, Pink yeah. Miss Huff, Ham and Eggs yeah. that are fairly dependable, yeah. you know, coming back. But even some of the less hardy ones, if we get a, a winter like we had last year that was relatively mild, other than the deep freeze, right. mulch them heavily uh and you're likely to get them to come back, at least here in Zone 7B. All right, I'm going to do it. I've never done it that way, but mm-hmm. I'm
1: going
3: to do it that way this year year so Um, make
1: sure your soil is not bone dry because it's a it's really difficult to to plant between plants or root balls when your soil is really dry yeah yeah so when you're cutting it off make sure it's all moist and all that uh because you kind of you do when you pull the roots out you're messing up the microdome you know everything the soil web that's happening underneath but I still just pull them out, add compost matter, and stick them back in because I want to fluff it and have it all nice oh, yes. and clean and kind of have it raised and all. And
3: then my, also my other scare is all right, if I cut them down at ground level, because I want to leave that root system down there to mm-hmm. break down into compost like you're talking about. Is there any chance, but let's say next year I don't want to plant the same thing that I planted this spring, right. okay? So, you know, I don't want that stuff coming back from the root. But I guess, you know, your typical annuals and mm-hmm. and vincas and those kind of things, they're not going to come back from root anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You're more so I don't yeah, have like to worry sure. about
2: that. More likely to have them come back from seed. Right. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Well,
1: that does make gardening easier. If you cho- I still have to chop. <laughs> chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I
2: look around at nature and I think, you know, it doesn't work very hard at doing what it's doing. You're right. You know, so I, I try to learn from that. Yeah, it, and we're
3: killing ourselves. It,
1: yeah, Right, right. Mm. Yeah, as long as you have the native stuff, it doesn't have to work too hard. Well, it doesn't have to be native. To to make it survive out in the woods by itself? No, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to. I mean, okay, we've got a see. lot of things. That Transplanted native. Some things have been here a while, and now we but consider a, lot of a native. The, a lot
2: of the tropicals, as long mm-hmm. as you're not planting something that's like, privet now you know that's a bad example but you know it's it's already got you know we banned privet but it you know it's like closing the gate after the cows have left it's everywhere already Um, but as long as you're not planting something that's going to be too aggressive for you to control Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. then there's no reason why you know our pollinators will are just happy as can be to feed off of tropical uh, milkweed
4: mm-hmm. you
2: know yeah. or anything that's in flower the flowers are the important part mm-hmm. you know well
1: you gotta work hard to get the bed ready to plant it <laughs> that's true but after you have to,
2: that particularly with things that aren't native you're mm-hmm. gonna have to do more soil prep than things that are native
1: yeah. but then after you've soil prepped and got it established then it's just like like you said mother nature doesn't have to work hard to that's keep right. it. we just need to quit disturbing mother nature and taking all the leaves out of the beds and all the uh Mm-mm. I'm gonna yeah, do it yeah, yeah. we all Just do blow, it Oh, blow and then they blow so hard that the soils bare and compost Mm-mm. are compacted and then they customers call and go somebody blew all the mulch out of my bed we hear it can, all the time can, yeah can you come put it you know put some mulch in and don't blow everything well out. the blowers they
3: have out there now will blow the paint off the yes, house I'm telling you true. So. This yeah. is
1: true. We um, at the uh, nursery. I wanted a smaller blower that we could just work inside the nursery mm-hmm. part because we take care of like the whole grounds. And so I got this really great blower, and it's just going to work in my little little spots. And what do you think? The guys came and got it because it's easier to use and it's powerful enough. So the backpack blowers just sitting in there, and they're using my blower. <laughs> so um, once you get and its body and tell body, me, tell me again battery. who's in charge. I know, I guess it's not me right <laughs>
3: <now>. <laughs> and, and, and then, But John, I still don't like the idea, though. I don't mind leaves being in the beds, uh, you know, through the fall, the winter, and mm-hmm. early spring. But I,
2: I've got to get those things cleaned out before I redo my bed every spring. I leave most of mine, but I do want to try to get them on, on most plants, try to get them out of the crotches inside yeah. yes, the there. you know, mm-hmm. Boxwoods particularly don't like that, uh, azaleas don't like mm-hmm. that, right. anything that can keep that wood moist throughout the season needs to come away Mm -hmm, from that trunk. mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you all that mm, 50% of you would go out and find where maintenance companies blow everything under the... uh, the shrubs and all, and then you see it packed. And you can't mm-hmm. see it packed unless you, unless you lift the leaves up or the um, limbs up to look underneath. But it's really worth doing that on azaleas and boxwoods because it'll just be a long-term death.
3: Yeah, and I don't mind grinding up my leaves, making a pile, getting along lawnmower, grinding them up really good, and then putting those in the beds. I mean, mm-hmm. that is a really good idea mm-hmm. because it does turn into compost. And then you even put a light layer of mulch on top of that. But for some reason, I just can't stand, and I don't know why, because... It's nothing wrong with it, like you said, Jim Veda, having just big, wet leaves in my mm-hmm. beds. But like I said, as long as they're not in the crotch of the plant or they're not up against the stems uh, of
2: the plant, you're fine. mm mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, when we come back from the break, we'll talk about shrubs. We'll talk about what you want to talk about.
2: And in the second hour, we're going to talk about that myth we hear about houseplants, about how they clean the yeah, air. We're still on in, that one. Yeah, we're going to go back. we got a lot more listeners now, so we want to make wanna It's make me a mad. moment of science. Well, you you don't want
1: I'm, them to hear you make me mad.
3: Yes. <laughs> 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 well, houseplants do purify the air, correct? So we'll get into that.
1: Um,
2: that's barely correct.
1: Yeah. That's what I've heard. Okay, Okay. we're going to run to a break, and we'll be back to answer your questions.
0: Call with your garden questions now. 844-747-8868. You're listening to Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990 KWAM and streaming online at Mighty990.com.
5: I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand new towels. These things are incredible, and best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton they are soft yet absorbent and you're normally going to pay over hundred dollars but thanks to our good friend mike lindell 39.99 that's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to mypello.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPello products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800 839 8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, mypello.com promo code STARNS. No matter where you're going, take along Brim Snack Foods to make your day
6: even tastier. Cheese puffs, cheese curls, cracklins, chatterfoods fries popcorn pork rinds potato chips tortilla and corn chips and so much more family owned and operated brims has been serving communities for almost 40 years and their delicious snacks have been sold throughout the south brims snack foods life is so delicious Sight & Sound Theatres presents a brand new original stage production. Everyone has a story. All young women are to be taken to the palace. The choices
1: we must
0: face. Go to the king. Plead for the lives of your people.
1: At a time that was chosen for us. No one can ever know who you are. What you're about to see is my story.
6: Queen Esther. Live on stage at Sight & Sound Theatres. For tickets, visit sight-sound.com.
1: Gardeners, welcome to Mid South Gardening. Give us a call at 2901-260-5926 or 8- 844-747-8868. What's I that, number read
2: that number again, 878 Eight, eight, six, eight. Glad and, you read
1: that for me.
2: And the local number, 901 260 that is nationwide. So tell your friends out in wherever that they can listen to this wonderful program from anywhere in the country. Go to kwamradio.com. Mm-hmm. And then the
3: Mighty 990 on the Facebook page. And I think we still have a couple affiliates that we love to talk about.
2: Absolutely. We, uh, we want to welcome Chattanooga, Nuga Radio, 92.7 FM. Welcome to the program. Love it.
3: You know? And then I think we even have a caller, Miss Fader, this morning.
1: Somebody other than us is up. <laughs> Good morning, David. You're in the garden.
7: Oh, hey, morning. Yeah, I was listening to the... Uh... Uh, Memphis affiliate, but uh, yeah, if I understand right, Chattanooga got slammed by that Hurricane too, mm-hmm. and that's just the reason I was calling uh, about topsoil loss for America. Yeah. Um, if you've got any ideas for what people can do either to prevent it or, uh, you know, in the aftermath of <laughs> what kind of a storm was that, you know? I was actually watching uh, uh, some of the footage from up in New York, and, uh, you know, Mm. when you imagine that the, uh, uh, that storm went from Louisiana all the way up to New York, and blew New York out as well. So, uh, yeah, if you've got any ideas about topsoil retention, and, uh, you know, what people can do in preparation for a storm like that, Mm. or in the aftermath...
2: All right, we'll uh, we'll
3: touch on that. Yeah, Dave, thank you, buddy. Um, I mean, like we kind of, like we said, Jim before, Invader, Mother Nature
2: moves stuff around, including soils. Right, the soil moves by one of three ways: either it washes away, it blows away, mm. or <clears throat> it rolls like in an avalanche. That's how it moves downhill. Those are the mm-hmm. only three ways that soil can actually move. Um here, we don't think about soil loss as much because our ground is relatively flat. We have some rolling areas, and farmers have begun to go to no-till versus tilling because it helps retain some of that soil.
1: Oh, finally they listen.
2: Well, <laughs> yes. But, I mean, even there, there's some crops that just don't lend themselves well to, to no-till gardening, mm. uh, farming. Now, if you live in an area like Chattanooga, where everything's downhill, you know, except wherever you want to go, it's always uphill.
1: Goes downhill from here.
2: That's right. Then, as far as immediately trying to stop soil it's going to be tough to do mm-hmm. you need to think long term and wherever water tends to roll you just want to slow it down diffuse it right using grasses something something taller than lawn grass mm-hmm. okay or some sort of shrubs that will divert the water temporarily um, and you of course there you have to be careful there's this thing called the right of riparian way which says that you must accept water from your uphill neighbor Mm -hmm. uh, the natural flow of water and you have the responsibility to deliver the Natural flow of water to your downhill neighbor, which they must receive. So you can't do anything to block water back onto property or channel more water onto your neighbor. And I've seen a lot of that. A lot of people do it. Yeah. But you really aren't supposed to do that. So it's, um, it usually requires getting somebody in there with some. Horticultural and drainage experience to say this is what we can do: uh, correctly place berms that will slow it down, and that's just a gentle rise. Mm. Now, when you're getting four inches of rain an hour, that may overpower. Just like levees didn't hold back water in New Orleans in some areas, yeah. it's just too much. You can't. It's hard to plan for that thousand-year flood. Well, and that's what I was going to say also. When you start getting floods like
3: they were getting in New York and down in Louisiana. I don't care what you do, you're going to lose, you know, a lot more than just soil. Um, but overall, I mean, if if you don't have, in our own little landscapes, if you don't have bare ground, you know, uh, you don't tend to lose as much soil. And whether you're putting cover crops out there in the winter on, on a vegetable garden, for example, not only to, in, you know, to keep the soil loose, but to keep from losing some of that soil, especially if you're on a slope. Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, water is going to take the less resistance course from point A to point B, and it's going to carry a lot of stuff with it. Um, but you know, in things like, you know, tropical storms and hurricanes and those kind of things, you're going to have erosion. I don't care what you, even the beach. I mean, look, beach is a road, believe it or not. So, you know, doing things and, and not having bare soil and putting mulch on beds, um, you know, I think it's just the the smart way to go. But like I said, around here, Veda and Jim, really, I mean, yeah, do we have some erosion going on? Yeah, but is it as bad as some areas like Chattanooga, for example, where you're living right. and,
2: and at you, the bottom of a mountain? You you, know? you need to plan for the everyday erosion, okay? Every rain is going to move a little bit of soil. So mm. if you can stop that, you can stop most of your erosion. Mm. You know, it's like I say, it's just hard hard to plan for that many inches of rain in that shorter period of time yeah
1: all right y'all we'll be right back to answer your gardening questions Good morning. Good morning. Mid-South Gardening is here. Yes, it so you're is. We are ready to garden with you, and we'd love to answer your questions. We, you can call in, give us a question. You can call in and give Alan the question, and he'll post it. Facebook Live, we can put a question on mm-hmm. there, too.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And then go to kwam.com, uh, km, kwamradio.com. Right, and you can stream us live. But if you want to give us a call, 901-260-5926, 901-260-5926, and if you're calling from outside the local calling area, this is a free call. 844-747-8868.
1: And I was reading, uh, I wanted to know what the coldest temperature that microorganisms can take. And I, I learned more than I was intending to. I just wanted them to say 45. Thirty-five. Just mm. bottom line. But no, I got this whole dissertation on how low the microbes would take, and then it turned out really interesting. But they can take really, really cold weather. Mm. They're just in a slight stage of um, dormant dormancy, mm. and what they were calling is when you um, wake them up, and that's by getting them a little warmer and having organic matter, mm. and they're 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 fine. But then there's a lot of microorganisms in the soil that even though it's warm, they're still dormant so as the temperature changes and you feed them with organic matter you're waking up more organisms that are in the soil which then creates you know a good soil and the theory is um, the better your soil is the more microorganisms Mm -hmm. you get awake that um, we could solve some of the food storage yeah shortage because you know if you think about it uh, farmers have like one percent organic matter the forest has like three percent so if you're uh, making things to make your organic matter better, and raising the organic matter, uh, your plants grow better, faster, well, root better, and have less diseases and all, and you get more production. And this is what
3: we're fruit. doing in our in our own, you know, landscapes. Yeah, I mean, exactly. we're adding compost constantly to our beds, to our garden, you know, vegetable garden areas on down the line. But also what I like is a lot of the organic uh, fertilizers nowadays have mycorrhiza added to it, which is beneficial mm-hmm. fungi, okay? Um, but you're right. I mean, your soil is <clears throat> flat out just alive. Uh, yeah. Good soil really with, oh, with yeah. microbes. I mean, it it is you know stuff that we never think well, about. You know, stuff that we never see.
1: One thing that I've always consistently read is how many microbes are in a tablespoon of soil.
2: Can be as much as a billion.
1: And that's I've, that's always been consistent. But can, uh, Jim Kenneth how do they really count those? Well, they count
2: <laughs> a small amount yeah, and I'm just multiply. exactly yeah, exactly right. I'm thinking. Yeah. They and see then what they, they just, can see under a microscope and then just apply that, you know,
1: Oh, like, in counting, three like counting gumballs in a gumball there machine. There you go.
2: More like counting blo- blood cells. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> but, I know, man. What kind of but, microscope? But, but that's there, always been consistent.
3: But there's a huge difference between just soil and good, rich earth, mm-hmm. you know, and dirt. I mean, huge difference. Uh, no one wants sterile soil. I mean, yeah. maybe with, you know, in, in a potting soil that you you know that you buy that's uh you know for house plants mm-hmm. you know you, you don't want a lot of stuff i mean you don't have need a lot of stuff in there okay <laughs> but when it comes to you know your outdoor beds and your in your vegetable gardens that's why we always say you know it never hurts if you want to re- kind of recapture uh, a bed that's been performing poorly you take all the stuff out of there you know we're typically adding compost back to our soils constantly um and there again it not only is it a good soil amendment you know for drainage purposes but it also has that wonderful nutrient value to it Yeah, Um, you know what I'm saying
1: exactly. Um, Yeah, if y'all see me writing on my writing, I'm not like not paying attention. My attention deficit is so bad that I have to write my notes so I can remember to tell you after we finish talking. (laughs) Okay, but all right. So what is? Because I've heard different things on this. Isn't there a difference between dirt and soil? Well, that's that's what dirt's
2: what you get off the kitchen floor. Yeah, I mean that was my that's what I was meaning. There is everything outside is soil. Yeah. yeah Some better Some worse mm-hmm. But it's all soil Yeah Yeah So yeah, It's really not Right to call it dirt Could,
1: Because then there's The di- uh, difference Between bugs And insects yeah. They're the same all But right. most homeowners Say bugs And then people That like them Go insects All <laughs> right, But let's just
3: say If we've got a garden plot That we we plant vegetables In every year mm-hmm. uh, You know I know people can do it In containers And all that But let's just say We've mm-hmm. got a, a raised bed A garden plot Uh And we and we the year one, you know, the first year, uh, we are adding compost to our blended soil, Mm -hmm. and we're adding some lime in there to get the pH up where it needs to be, and we're adding fertilizer, garden tone, or whatever. Okay, so we work all that in there, and we're ready to plant. Well, then come year two, you know, we're still typically adding a little compost Mm -hmm. in there every year. Uh, I mean, so why are we doing that? And in, in what kills our microbes? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what kills our soil?
2: Uh, uh, most so. of it, it has to do with water. Okay, mm-hmm. um, we have better microbial growth when you have organic, higher organic matter in your soil. However, mm-hmm. like Veda was talking about, you know, Mother Nature wants to return it to the way it was. Mm-hmm. You know, one percent mm-hmm. or three percent. You know that's that's what it would prefer to be. Well, so, that
1: moisture's key.
2: Yeah, moisture's key. And you know, when you're adding that organic matter initially to plant that thing, um, the most one of the most important things it's doing is creating air spaces for those new roots to follow as you said, the path of least resistance right. there, they're going to move between those particles mm-hmm. of soil better because you've loosened it and you've got organic matter in there right. to help get it established. Now, over a period of about three years, all of that's pretty much going to be gone between the plant and the microbes. It That's going to mm-hmm. be gone. So adding that top stuff, you mm-hmm. begin to build true top soil, which is... Um, If you go out and dig in the woods, that's where you're going to find most of the roots, Mm -hmm. you know and the seed hits the ground, you get a really wide path. If you try to dig up a dogwood seedling, yeah, you know, that's yeah. three feet tall, it's got a three- or four-foot root going out 90 degrees
4: in
1: another yeah. direction. Right. Right. And that's why it's hard to transplant dogwoods. That's right. You end yeah. up cutting
2: that off, and you've cut off most of the roots. So, you know, that type of stuff on top is what plants need to get really going well. So you're just recreating that and just adding it back now it's important that you don't put it too deep Mm -hmm. because you can slow air movement down also which because here we like to plant things that aren't native to clay soil yeah by slowing that air movement down it retains water in the soil longer and it can really stress or kill many plants
1: that makes sense. And, yeah.
2: And you yes. mentioned a minute ago, too, I want to touch on the temperature, how important that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in your compost pile, when you first start a compost pile and temperature is rising, that lower temperature is beneficial for fungus. And that's what yes. breaks down yes. that order. on, stuff. Hold on. When you said yeah. that lower temperature, you mean what, the higher temperature? Uh, no, 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 the lower. Lower as yeah. it's beginning just to warm. Okay. Oh, that's, I got you. That's yeah. beneficial for fungus to get established and break yeah. that down. Now, as the particles become smaller, it gets hotter. Yes. The fungi begin to die off, but that's beneficial for bacteria. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's what yeah. kicks in when you start getting those hundred and forty-five, <laughs> hundred and fifty. The compost pile is smoking, right? You know? Yeah. So at one hundred and sixty-five, you it's killing most all pathogens that are mm-hmm. in there, but you got bacteria that's going. Thank yeah. you very much. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, I know,
1: really... I, I studied that too, and I thought, oh great. Now I have to refigure the compost pile issue, but when I'm using compost, you're not really getting the bacteria or well, you are getting the bacteria with it, but you have to have all three circumstances to make it happen. Okay, well, in like the real your environment, it's there and stress. <laughs> stress <laughs> I think, is that the three?: <clears throat> Environment, the microorganisms already there there's I know there's a third one that makes the issues well it has to have all three of them to happen
3: well the environment I mean weather you know but but let's in practical terms there again let's just say if we've got a bed Mm -hmm. uh and we're ready to plant in the bed we all know that we go out there and condition our clay soil okay with compost and soil Mm -hmm. conditions whatever but let's say if you got an existing bed bed, beta and Jim we used to talk about this all the time you got an existing bed whether it's a shrub bed in front of your house or whether it's a flower bed whatever vegetable garden whatever you know that's why where it never hurts to put a light layer of compost down, even as a top layer, yeah, as it's a like top a dressing.
1: Compost tea when it waters through goes down, saturates in the roots. Thank you,
3: ma'am. And you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to work it in. Now, I prefer yeah. on a new bed, yeah. to work it in. But existing beds, you know, I, I don't. I love going out there and putting a light layer of compost down uh, on the bed before I put my mulch down. Mm-hmm. Whether you do that in the fall, whether you do it in the spring, you can do it any day of the year. But it just kind of keeps that soil alive if right. you will
1: right well you know like for instance now our plants could not breathe the last mm-hmm. two weeks i could water they weren't taking you know enough water up they couldn't take water everything just kind of gets dormant when it's hot <clears throat> well as soon as it started cooling off just a little bit just a little bit um, i just started to see a new little growth coming on because they had been Fertilized through the summer with organic matter and, and watered diligently. And soon as the temperature just changed a little bit and it started growing. And that's like a microbial thing as well, but mostly just the temperature drop and so the plants can take it up.
3: And do y'all have a favorite compost? There's so many compost products on the market now and they're mm-hmm. all great. Well, I'm a real fan of
2: cotton burr. Just old cotton burr. We just just used used it forever. It's called back to nature. Not going out and getting the rotted stuff off a farm. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about bag stuff that you're not going to get a bazillion weed seed Mm -hmm. in or anything foreign that you don't want as far as... Because you like some of the grainy stuff that's in there also for drainage? That's right. It's got some coarse material to Mm -hmm. help separate the soil, but also plants just seem to like it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm, I'm a real real fan of that but you know a lot of people you know, come that's in the go, i don't do a compost pile you know one i got a very small so easy yard right compost. you know and i'm not planting a whole lot of stuff yep. i'm just you know putting stuff in where i've killed Well,
7: but the reason i
3: ask a lot of people will come into the garden center and say hey what's your favorite compost mm. well this really i don't have a favorite they're they're all good right. whether it's earthworm castings cottonbird compost like you just mentioned 100% cow manure, you can't mm-hmm. go wrong with that either. Chicken right. manure, you know, they're they are all good products. Yeah.
1: Well, bottom line is get the good products. Don't go get the, mm. um, oh, the, the 20% cheap, cow manure. You and, pick it up, it's really light or it feels really dry. I mean, you're adding stuff to the soil, and that's not a bad thing, but you're not getting your soil functioning quick enough. Mm. But like,
2: if the bags are heavy, you can't pick it up. that's wrong stuff that's so true
1: that's so true yeah so that's it if if you throw it over your shoulder it's too light if you can't pick it up it's too heavy and we'll be right back so give us a call 844-747-8868
0: you're listening to Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990 KWAM and streaming online at Mighty990.com
8: When it comes to fresh, you can always taste the difference. That's why at FarmView Market, you'll always find 100% grass-fed beef. No hormones, no antibiotics, just pure pasture-raised grass-fed beef. And that care and devotion goes into all of our products at FarmView Market. Taste the difference yourself by visiting FarmViewMarket.com. Carry-out and curbside services are still available. FarmView Market, farm-to-table fresh, always. FarmViewMarket.com. America has a new choice for fair
0: and balanced news. ToddStarns.com, journalism you can trust. From some of the best reporters and opinion writers in the business, ToddStarns.com takes you to the front lines of the culture war, defending faith, freedom, and your family. ToddStarns.com also features exclusive interviews with America's top newsmakers like Mike Huckabee, Franklin Graham, and Newt Gingrich. Find out why millions of Americans read ToddStarns.com every day. It's news you can trust. ToddStarns.com.
5: Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starnes. America is in a funk, and that's why I wrote our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a drawl. It's a collection of inspirational and encouraging and hilarious stories about exceptional Americans who are doing good deeds, stories about faith and family, God and country. I do have hope for America because my hope is not based on a political party. My hope is built on a much higher power. Our Daily Biscuit,
9: it's a buttermilk biscuit for the soul from affirm films comes the kendrick brothers show me the father all of us have a fatherhood story my dad was my hero growing up a father was somebody who disappointed you from the creators of war room and courageous comes an inspiring cinematic journey featuring five amazing true stories
6: i'm stunned he's real he's really out there this is really him
8: your perfect father in heaven can change the trajectory of your life
9: show me the father Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theater September 10th.
1: Good morning and welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. We'd love, love, love to hear your gardening questions. It's because we want to hear your gardening questions on different topics. Absolutely. And call us, 844-747-8868.
3: Mm-hmm. And if you call them from the local number, 901-260-5926, 260-5926. And, of course, you can go to kwamradio.com. And, and the other easy thing to do is go to Facebook, The Mighty 990, and shoot us a text. People do it all the time.
1: You know, there was something else about leaving the roots in the ground. It's, you know how there's the root hairs and all that. Um,
3: you mean when we cut bedding plants? Yeah, like When yeah, I'm getting leave. rid of my summer color. Right, right. We were talking about how I used to pull it up, and now Jim said, no, yeah, just Jim's cut it off at no. ground level and leave those roots in the ground.
1: But think about it. All the root hairs and everything that grow out, that micro, the um, mycelia that yeah. is formed that makes a symbiotic relationship in roots with other plants— you don't disturb it, so it's still going on, and you put other plants mm-hmm. in, and it's just they... they've I'm going to try it. Yeah. What's that? They can't see my sign language? Yeah. <laughs> what? If I can't say the word, I make the word. What is that? Meshing together. Symbiotic yeah. relationship. Yeah.
2: Plants have this really unique ability to call in the troops. They release yeah. chemicals that attract fungi uh, and uh, bacteria to grow around them so that you get that symbiotic relationship that you're talking about. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they're, I know they're we... smarter than we think they oh, are. Oh, my God. And, and everybody – They're smarter than most of my family. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, when I was learning organics more so, uh, these things were talked about, but I don't think way back they were really understanding the whole micro well, Oh, yeah. no.
2: You know, yeah. soil science really didn't start blossoming till the well, maybe the late 40s or 50s mm-hmm. and then we were limited to because we we couldn't see small enough, we couldn't analyze stuff like that, you know, and they still have trouble analyzing some of the compounds really? that are in there. Yeah. And uh, think about rose petals. Mm-hmm. There are over four hundred different chemicals in wow, rose petals. Wow. Now being able to identify those takes some work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we're just beginning to do that sort of uh, really investigation. Now what that will tell us in the end you know i don't know we'll spend a billion dollars or so to find out that
1: (laughs) i think we might find some healing properties in that you know people think sometimes it's bizarre that we want to break plants down 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 to all this uh, detailed stuff but plants on the earth are used so much for um cooking and healing properties as well. So maybe they'll find out why. You know, like a spider web is so strong that it's right. stronger than Kev- Kevlar. Kevlar, mm-hmm. and they can uh, wind it. You know, together and make something really strong. But you can't go harvest or get enough spider webs. So they t- break it down and take those components out and create a synthetic one.
3: Yeah, but, but and, and I know we've talked about soil the whole first hour, which I think is yeah. great. But you know, in the simplest of terms, though. When we're getting ready to plant a Encore azalea in our backyard this fall, uh, you know, my general rule of thumb is to really have a good chance for this thing to, to not only not die but to flourish. Hmm. Uh, is typically, you know, dig your hole just as deep as the root ball and twice as wide. Okay? So I like to dig the hole the right way to start with. Secondly, we always talk about adding soil amendments to our clay soil, and Jim and you both love clay soil. I mean, it's, they hmm. say it's some of the best soil in the world. Which it's I great, agree. Great to start yeah, with. So great to start too. with, but you but you still have to amend that clay. Uh, and whether it's you know the different compost products that we've been talking about this morning, cotton burr compost, uh, soil conditioners, you can throw some bark in there. But you do want to amend.
1: <laughs> it's your gourmet cooking. Yeah,
3: you want to amend that, that clay soil. Uh, and then, you know, you want to plant, of course, your plant in there, put that good soil back around it, always have about half an inch or an inch of the root ball sticking up out of the ground for drainage that we always talk about. And then, even when it comes down to the mulch, you know, come back in and lightly mulch everything in. That doesn't mean you need five inches of mulch out there on that bed around these plants. You that just don't. just
1: doesn't work.
3: And, and it brings me to this point. What I'm getting at is I was talking to a lady the other day in the garden center. And she had planted seven Hellarah hollies just this past mm. spring, okay? I love Hellarah Hollies. Mm-hmm. no problem at all. All seven of them died, and I'm yeah. thinking, okay, what's the problem here? Because you're dry, not going
4: to it.: Yeah, you're not going to have seven Hellarah Hollies
3: or seven anything, really just die because mm-hmm. of no reason at all. And uh, I said, you know, typically when you have things like that die, there's something going on in the root system. We found out, you know, people used to do a long time ago, she actually had black plastic oh. added to her bed oh, and yeah. then mulch on top of that. and Which stopped water from getting in. Thank you. And yes. they just dried up. And she was thinking, well, I put it down because of the weed control.
1: Uh-huh. And I was like, there's so, so many, many better ways so to do it. So many people still say that. Um, but you know, also hillaris aren't they real picky with two wet feet? Oh well, well, gosh, yes. Cause I'm cause I, was what sure. I was thinking at first, but the black plastic gave it yeah. away or did it? Okay, we're gonna take a break. We've finished our first hour. We have two more to go. Yay! We'll be right back.
5: I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPellow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand new towels. These things are incredible. And best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft, yet absorbent, and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to mypello.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS, or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, mypellow.com promo code STARNS
10: the garden help you
0: need now mid-south gardening powered by palladio home and garden with your hosts veda vance kenneth mabry and jim crowder
1: Good morning, good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. So, uh, you know, y'all can call us at 844-747-8868. I'm Vader with Palladio. And I'm uh,
2: Mr. Kenneth with uh, Dan West Garden Centers. And I'm Jim Crowder, and uh, we are broadcasting from KWAM in Memphis. Yep. We want to welcome our affiliates that are with us, uh, have joined recently. That's uh, WNIX in Greenville, Mississippi, mm-hmm. AM 1330 and FM 101.1. Welcome to Mid-South Gardening. And also, Nougat Radio in Chattanooga is with us for all three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 92.7 FM. We welcome you, and um, glad you're a part mm-hmm. of the program this morning. We yes, sure looking are.
1: forward to hearing from Chattanooga and Greenville so we can hear some different questions, but they'll probably be close to the same, They, they really, really are. But you know,
2: that's the nice thing. You know, I, I, I thought when we started all this, you know, that Mid-South Gardening might not be the right name mm-hmm. for us now, yeah. you know, but the problems are all the same. They really are. Wherever you are in the country, you're going to be facing pretty much the same issues. Uh, Same type soil, Mm -hmm. different soils, but same type issues with them. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we're uh, we're going to stick with the mid-south gardening because this This is is where we are. We're in zone 7B. Uh, Greenville, I guess, would be 8A, mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. or right near 8B. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Chattanooga would be 7A to 6B, (laughs) probably. Yeah,
1: so for for plants, we've got a little bit of difference. Just a little, Little yeah. Um, So, you know, these sayings that we say, like Kenneth just said, a rule of thumb. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what I got to say. You know where that came from?
3: What did the rule of thumb come from? It's
1: an English law that allowed a man to beat his wife... With a stick, really? as long it was no thicker than his thumb. Now, is that still so in that's the play, the or is that? Rule. I don't think so, but that's where the rule of thumb came from.
2: <laughs> no, that's not Tennessee law. Okay, let's, what... let's clarify <laughs> no that. No
1: kidding, no <laughs> kidding. That's not a law. You know, one of those ones they leave on the uh, books for the like hundred years. Yeah, the general rule of
4: thumb. Yeah, the that.
1: general. So anyway, I just thought y'all might need to feel you know know about that. A uh, hey, little piece
2: what... of information there you will never need.
3: Yes. Yeah, I will What about uh, we're getting towards the end of summer, which is hard to believe already, uh, and then we will start thinking about our fall gardens, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether it's, you know, we talked about mums and pansies and violas and snapdragons and all the nice, beautiful fall color. Mm But also the the fall veggies, the cool weather veggies.
1: Oh, that depresses me. No! actually.
3: <laughs> but you know people will start putting in their you know their purple top, seven top, the mm-hmm. different mustards, the rapes, the kale, well, the collards. Easy. Those are easy. Uh, and those yeah. seeds are so easy just to just scatter out there and lightly you know cover and just keep them moist and be, they'll be up in no time. And then uh, even just the other day, uh, we got some uh, of the plants in of the cool weather. You know, the lettuce that looks great. You can make a salad out of this lettuce right now. Uh, And then there's some broccoli and some collards and Brussels sprouts and cabbage and those kind of things. But people love still growing that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And it's... You know, it's mostly just leafy, vegetable-type stuff. Right. Um, so it's easy to grow.
1: Well, here's what you do if you don't have a vegetable garden or space and you've got a landscape. Um, you Work that soil in front of the shrubs. Plant mm. you a layer of greens or cabbages or a whatever lettuce. you're going to plant. Mm. Or lettuce. And then you can plant something in front of that like your pansies mm. you know you can do that so or you can just have that pretty green foliage and you've just landscaped and you can eat out of your landscape and then uh, a lot of people
3: yeah. even container are a plant i mean yeah. containers they'll grow lettuce and, and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in, the, in their containers but uh it's something that people still love to do they like to grow their own produce uh, it feels good to go out there yeah. and just cut it, wash it, eat it. You know everything that you did yourself.
1: Even if you get two sandwiches out yeah. of it, it was still awesome. Yeah, and you know it tastes mm-hmm. different. Yeah, more delicious.
3: So, uh, but but keep that in mind. People are starting to do that uh, to get their uh, their their fall veggies mm-hmm. out. Uh, you mentioned mums while ago. I mean, you can flat out. You know, we we associate mums with fall because they've been cultured to bloom yeah. this time of year, right? it's a fall blooming plant but if you that same mom if you put it in the ground right, yeah it's going to come back next year well it's going to bloom mm-hmm. really starting in late spring it yeah. can, yes. you know Unless through you the summer
1: pinching right yeah.
3: um but uh you know it's people you can definitely get the moms out uh and it won't be long before mm-hmm. the other fall color will be coming but Uh, Fall veggies, uh, don't forget about those.
1: Yeah. You can plant those Mm. in containers with your pansies or with your mom if Mm -hmm. your container is big enough. Yeah.
3: And let me say this. You know how we're always planting things in containers, okay? Uh, Containers can be made out of so many different things, whether they're wooden containers, Mm -hmm. whether it's clay, whether it's ceramic. Uh, But I had a lady come into the garden center not long ago. In fact, it was this week. And she had these two beautiful, solid lead, I guess, planters. Mm -hmm. And it had like a lion's face on all four sides. But can you imagine how hot these things get in the summertime? Mm -hmm. She had boxwoods in them. The one that was in more shade, the boxwood was doing fine. The one that was out there in blazing sun, Mm -hmm. the boxwoods were struggling. You could see some browning on that boxwood. And I'm thinking, do you think this thing got so hot that it was just cooking those roots in Absolutely. there. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Jim. I mean, because you you could see this thing. And just imagine how hot yeah. that soil was getting in these containers.
2: Mm-hmm. And the really important roots tend to grow to the outside of the pot because that warms up first in, in the spring. And they're getting close to that hot surface. And like that. then as it goes on, you know, you just you'll cook those, and the plant can't take in enough water to replace that because it's lost those. And I said lead. I don't know if it was lead,
3: yeah. or if it was aluminum, or if it was it was some kind of an iron product. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking. And you know that thing. I mean, it's like the hood of a car. That thing yeah. has got to get so hot. Mm-hmm.
1: It might be a good thing in the spring, early spring, with vegetables because they would warm up a little quicker. Yeah. yeah. But as we progress, it's not going to be a good. The
3: thing. The way you get around that is well, I was going to say. But so my my question is: Is there a type of container that we? should like more or is there one that we should stay away from or do no, we just i
2: think you and steve you know, hang on just a just second just remember that it's a decorative container and when you have things like that with a metal one that you know is going to get very very hot right you plant into a plastic nursery container set it in there and just surround the whole pot with pine bark nuggets okay mm-hmm. fill the bottom set it in there to where you get it to the top and you may have to trim the pot and just mm-hmm. make it look like it's Plant it in there, mm-hmm. but it's way, those roots are away mm-hmm. from the side of that pot. So, it, you know, and it doesn't have to be far, just an inch or two away, mm-hmm. and that will stop that heat from killing those roots. Right. And gotcha. Then
1: people wonder. Well, if we're going to plant it in a bucket, is it going to start circling the roots? But there's the holes in the bucket; and this they come out. Big, you well, know,
2: box. Yeah. I'm telling you, e- even there, I mean, if they're going, to, you're going to any container. Eventually, you're going to have to replace the plant because yeah. it's yeah. going to fill up the root zone. Yeah. I mean, if right. you put a, a Japanese maple in there and let it grow for 20 years, mm-hmm. eventually it's going to fill that up yeah. and go backwards. So, you know. It, plant wisely, you know. Mm -hmm. Think about switching plots out, you know, using this time of year. If you've got just, say, a three-gallon or five-gallon container set down in there that you can drop a mum into tell you when the mums fade pull it out mm-hmm. yeah drop that's, something else in there
1: yeah i was gonna ask her so you're meaning like short-term planting right yeah and
2: come from, come winter drop a boxwood mm-hmm. or a conifer of some type mm-hmm. in there in the spring yank it out mm-hmm. put some color in there yeah so yeah. you can just constantly change those and not worry about it filling the pot not worried about the the soil decomposing mm-hmm. and having to re- really fix that soil in that container solves a lot of Your problem, yeah,
1: yeah, because when soils, when you have your soil properly prepared, but you're not putting it in buckets, as the soil becomes richer, the microorganisms get working quicker. Then your plant is actually soaking, removing the soil from the uh, planter. So that's why, like three years later, you've got four inches missing of soil,
2: and it's breaking down. uh, There's less air in there, so it's Mm -hmm. holding more water. Okay, yeah. because the particles are smaller and they're closer, so your drainage decreases. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's you know. And what about a lot of and, and Steve? Hang on just a
3: second, buddy. And I know we got to go to a break, but I promise you, we'll get right to you. But what about you know? You got to have good drainage in containers also. And we hear about people putting a little bit of gravel in the bottom of the pot to help keep the hole from getting plugged up. Jim's giving me that look. <laughs> and what about putting like a coffee filter? It over just, that hole. I thought yeah.
1: about that, but <clears> doesn't <throat> that just biodegrade also? Well, it would eventually, you know. but it, I mean, but it—I mean, for any Until season... Until your soil gets a little more bonded. Yeah. Yeah, but even, a, yeah. even for a growing then season, it, it typically out, yeah.
3: will keep that hole from getting plugged up because a lot of people don't think the hole will get plugged up in concrete or clay.
1: It gets plugged up all yeah, the yeah. time. Whatever
2: yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, roots will grow right through there and, and stop water from draining, so... Yeah,
1: oh, man. Remember, I don't know if I told y'all, but there was a, a tree form or a formed pyracantha in a container and it had stayed at um, on this spot, which was a brick, like a brick patio on the soil we got we were ready to remove it and the root had grown out of the bottom had worked yeah. down into the soil but the root between those two was like a trunk yeah almost mm-hmm. so we had to saw it yeah to get it to remove it but i was like why is that doing so great in that container because mm-hmm. it was rooted into mm-hmm. the soil
2: yeah i can i've got a pot of angelonia right at the corner of my deck and i can always tell when the roots have made it through the pot <laughs> to the soil cuz suddenly they just take
1: off and get <laughs> big and start flowering again. (laughs) So that's your secret. Just plant on brick patios. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've got to run to a break. Steve, thank you for holding. We will be right back. Call us 844-747-8868.
0: Call and talk with Jim, Veda, and Ken now. 844-747-8868. This is Mid-South Gardening. On the Mighty 990 KWAM and streaming online at Mighty990.com. No
6: matter where you're going, take along Brim's Snack Foods to make your day even tastier. Cheese puffs, cheese curls, cracklins, cheddar fries, popcorn, pork rinds, potato chips, tortilla and corn chips, and so much more. Family owned and operated, Brim's has been serving communities for almost 40 years. And their delicious snacks have been sold throughout the South. Brim's Snack Foods. Life is so delicious. Sight & Sound Theatres presents the Biblical Stage Adventure.
10: Who exactly is
6: he?
5: He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a
2: rebel. Everything Jesus does points to
5: love. Seen by more than
6: one million people, the original stage production is now playing for the first time ever in Branson, Missouri. Jesus, live on stage at Sight & Sound Theatres in Branson, Missouri. More information is available at sight-sound.com.
0: America has a new choice for fair and balanced news. Toddstarns.com, journalism you can trust. From some of the best reporters and opinion writers in the business, Toddstarns.com takes you to the front lines of the culture war, defending faith, freedom, and your family. Toddstarns.com also features exclusive interviews with America's top newsmakers like Mike Huckabee, Franklin Graham, and Newt Gingrich. Find out why millions of Americans read Toddstarns.com every day. It's news you can trust.
9: Toddstarns.com. From Affirm Films comes the Kendrick Brothers' Show Me the Father. All of us have a fatherhood story.
0: My dad was
9: my hero growing up. A father was somebody who disappointed you. From the creators of War Room and Courageous comes an inspiring cinematic journey featuring five amazing true stories. I'm
8: stunned. He's real. He's really out there. This is really him. Your perfect father in heaven can change the trajectory of your life.
9: Show Me the Father. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters September 10th
1: good morning welcome back to mid-south gardening you can give us a call 844-747-8868 and thank you steve for holding good morning you're in the mid-south garden uh
3: good morning hey steve good morning to you buddy
10: pretty good how y'all
3: doing we're We're doing great thank you sir i have
10: a question yeah Or
3: three? No, <laughs> <laughs> you got it, buddy.
10: Okay, number one, is it too late to uh, uh, use image to kill nutgrass?
1: Mm-hmm. Is it too no. late? Yeah, I would think not. Mm-mm. Anytime
3: the nutgrass is actively growing. Uh Image will work, Steve. Uh and you might have used this product before, but just keep in mind when you use a product like Image to kill nutgrass. It does a good job. It does work very slow. You know, you mm-hmm. give it a good spray in, no rain for at least 24 hours after you spray Image, but then after that 24-hour period, within 7 days it needs to get watered in. And just know that it can take up to 3 to 4 weeks before it to kill that nutgrass. And a lot of people just aren't that patient, even though yeah. it does a really good job. Absolutely, But no, sir, it's not too late.
10: Okay, so uh, there's no temperature about it?
2: No. No, there's no temperature restrictions at all.
10: Okay, second question. Uh, is it too late to, uh, I don't know, just, i gotta get my wife
3: fast
1: <laughs> <laughs> i got you oh i feel you on that one good morning good hey. morning dear i guess it's uh
10: virginia creeper or something just taking over my yard
3: well it might be virginia buttonweed virginia creeper it could be but that's the one that's more like a vine that has those almost looks like poison ivy to be honest with you but it has five leaflets five no, leaflets
1: no, no, no it's the other then. it's probably
3: virginia buttonweed mm-hmm.
1: yes Does Image work on that one? Yeah, it's got it on the label.
3: But if you look on the label, um, it's going to have an asterisk beside Virginia Buttonweed. And Mm -hmm. if you look at the bottom of the page, that asterisk... Suppresses it. Yeah, that asterisk says multiple applications may be needed because Virginia Buttonweed is kind of like violets. It is really hard to kill.
10: Yeah, and it's taking over my yard. Oh, my
1: goodness. Well, yes. Does uh, it run
2: like a vine?
10: It hugs close to the ground. Yeah, yeah. she's
2: got ground ivy, I think, or
1: buttonweed. Mm-hmm. That you know,
2: buttonweed will. Yeah, yeah. but it, I mean, if it's running, Power. if it's running distances and has a has a little leaf that's kind of uh, lobed, uh, but that's you know. You're going to have a better kill if you use something that's a growth hormone type, 2,4-D, MCPP, or something like that, but you need to wait. It's just a tad cooler.
1: Right. And you could do some preventative also. Um, Those type of weeds like to grow where there's bare soil or even poor soil. So boosting your fertilizer program, uh, adding more organic matter to make your lawn much thicker makes it harder for those to develop or okay. do you have like say for instance a grass that loves full sun but it's in a lot of shade that can make things weaker and weeds grow yeah but uh,
3: uh, go ahead i'm sorry
1: no that was her yeah uh, go ahead
3: i was you know like jim was saying i mean definitely use the image I and mean, because you're using the image to kill the nutgrass anyway okay an image yeah. does kill a lot of broadleaf weeds now if it's just not doing a good job on this particular broadleaf weed we're talking about the image if it doesn't do a good job on it, then like Jim was saying, something like, uh, you know, Weed Beater Ultra, Weed Free Zone, uh, those are – they've got the 2,4-Ds and the care zones and those type of products in it. But you can't use them till the temperatures dip below 85 degrees on a consistent basis. So my All point those I, but the image. Yeah. Now, yeah. the image you can go ahead and spray now, wait three weeks, spray again, Okay.
10: But it, I, if I use the 2,4-D, I need to wait till the temperature gets below 85.
2: Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes ma'am. But but, but but try the image. No. It's, no, it won't phase your grass at all.
10: Okay, wonderful.
1: Okay. Uh, wait. We're waiting for number three. Number Another question? three question coming up. <laughs> Do you pick door one or door two?
10: Well, my husband's having a hard time...
1: Remembering what it is. Oh well, we'll We're just all keep. A, yeah, we'll we just we keep talking. We all understand that. <laughs> We'll just keep talking, and y'all can uh, sit there and figure out what it is. Because I know what you mean too. That's why I'm writing notes on my phone. But image <laughs> is a
3: image is a pretty unique product,
2: though, guys. I mean, it. We all know it kills nut grass, or and, nut and it has a lot of broadleaf weeds. It, does. On it but. That none happens not to be on there. If it's, you know, when she said creeper, that makes me think of something that runs like a vine. Well, but even more that, than buttonweed.
3: Well, but I mean, but we see a lot of buttonweed, of course, this time of year also. Mm-hmm. But I, I can tell you, it, it's hard to kill. Yeah, we see a lot of dichondra right yeah, now. Yeah, that's
1: intense. Yeah, but oh. but
3: I guess my whole point is though, if you're spraying to kill the nutgrass anyway, go ahead and make a solution of that image. Give everything a good spray in Bermuda and/or uh, and come back in about three weeks if need be, and reapply. It, right. Yeah, and the
2: nice thing about Image is it'll slow your grass down. You yeah. won't have to well, mow well, as much. Well, that's
1: not such a bad thing. No, no, really, not when it's, really. Not when
2: it's been as hot as a day. Um, So
1: what about okay? So with Image. You can spray the buttonweed and the nutgrass. So, of course, for me, I'm just going to want to buy one product to start and hope it works. But on image, don't you have to sometimes spray the second time for nutgrass? Well, well yeah, some, oh, yeah, sometimes. You yeah, so come then you back could in go about back. three weeks. Yeah, you could go back and hit the buttonweed then, too. Um, well, but, I'm saying,
3: yeah, spray spray your whole lawn yeah, if, it, if, that's, just, if that's the case.
1: But, you know, on the other hand, I, I like, okay, this is for that. This one's for this one, but I like to try to try one thing that I can do multi things with and hope. Yeah, but also (laughs) the weed
3: the weed free zone that I mentioned. Weed free zone is a really good broadleaf weed killer. Okay, Mm -hmm. but it won't kill the nutsedge, but it does a great job on broadleaf weeds, and it needs to be above what eighty below eighty six degrees and above forty five degrees. So my whole point was, if image didn't get it. The weed-free zone probably would. And you
1: can get that in squirt bottles, um, hose-in applicators, and for pump-up sprayers. Okay, we're going to take a break. And give us a call, 844-747-8868.
2: Like this call, finish up.
1: Good morning, good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. Give us a call, 901-260-5926 or 844-747-8868. And thank you, Keith, for the call. Good morning. Good morning, baby. Good morning. How are you today?
3: Hey, Mr. Keith, what's going on today, buddy? Hey, Kenny.
7: <laughs> well, I have a, um, a question, please. Yes, sir. The, um, the bagworms on overliders.
3: (laughs) The old bagworm.
7: I guess the first symptom is it starts browning.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The first uh, is, well, actually.
2: (laughs) That's unfortunately well down the list. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yes. If you, yeah, look, do you see the bags hanging off the tree? Because, uh. If you do, then they've just engulfed your tree or stressed it out so much. But if you don't see those bags, it could be something else. Yeah,
3: I mean, but we see a lot of that. I mean, arbovitas—it's uh, a misnomer, I think, that people think arbovitas are hard to grow.
1: Right. Yeah.
3: They're not the—they're little finicky the first mm-hmm, year, right. that first summer when it comes to moisture. You know, they need good drainage, but you can't let them dry out, and mm-hmm. you can't keep them too wet, right? But once you get them established, they're very hardy plants. But like Keith is talking about, there are things that can get on arbovitas. And one of them is the old bagworm. And that's the thing where Veda was saying, Keith, if you see these little bags hanging down on your arbovita, uh, there's a caterpillar in there. And all them things, they just love to eat every piece of green tissue that's on the arbovita. That's all they do. It's amazing. But if you do have bagworms, you want to pick as many as you can off, put them in a Ziploc bag, throw them in the trash, and come back and spray for bagworms. If you don't see any evidence of bagworms, then a lot of times we see where it's – a lot of times it can be Mm moisture-related, you know, root-related, too much water, not enough water, uh, where you get that browning in there. It could be spider mites, you know.
1: Planted too deep. Planted too deep. So did you see the bags? Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, but it's all brown. It might be done with. Well, I mean, it really is done yeah. with if it's all brown. But
3: let me say this, though. No, I've, I've no. got some globe <laughs> arbovitas on the front of, my, front of my house, okay? They're the rounded well, arbovitas. Oh, these
1: are like three years
7: old? Yeah, and it, you know, yeah. I
3: th- if you're patient, you might be okay because I had some bagworms on one. I didn't even really notice it till the thing started just turning brown. Yeah. And they basically ate the whole thing up. And,
7: These
3: uh, are upright. Um, yeah, but my, my point that. though was I picked all the bagworms off. I went in there and sprayed them all and killed any that I didn't see. It took about two years yeah. for this thing to truly, really flush back out, mm-hmm. but it did, With and no it's treatment. beautiful. No
1: treatment. No, yeah. D- d- what kind of treatment did you do besides picking them all out? You use spinosin.
3: Well, yeah, I've, I mean, I still, I've, I've, you know, I picked off as many as I had, and I went back in there and sprayed to kill any that I couldn't see, because there's some small bagworms in there.
1: Well, so we see him up on a 10-foot ladder but my, picking bagworms. Yeah, but my point
3: thing. was, though, that <laughs> you don't have to pick them off. I just to, about
1: six foot
7: tall.
3: Yeah, but then I went in and, and watered and fed, you know, like I normally do for the next two years. But my point is, <laughs> though, even though that thing might look completely dead, because there's no green left on it,
4: Mm-hmm. It, it,
3: if it's still if, if the root system is still alive and the plant is still alive and you're just missing the green foliage, it can flush back out. My point is, give it a minute to see mm-hmm. what happens. Give it two years. Well, at least give it through yeah. next spring.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, Jim, you're thinking. It looks like All you're right. thinking. All right, brother. Okay, Keith, thank you for the All call. Right. <laughs>
2: No, I was yeah. just listening, to y'all. And, oh. y- he kept trying to talk, and y'all just kept. But but yeah, but you <laughs> <mean>. <laughs>
1: yeah. What was the other question? But, um, but I can't wait. I can't. Normally,
2: look at that. most arborvities will not sprout, resprout if the second year wood green has been removed. Yeah, if, if they second eat the whole year. thing, up. right? It, you can like if you've got a green arborvita, you can tip shear it, shear mm-hmm. off this year's, and it'll continue to re-sprout. and you can do that just from forever but if it cuts if you get back into where it's totally brown yeah. you were lucky well no no, no. let me say yeah, this Mo- most were most will not recover it's because he's well, a gardener
3: no but let me say this <laughs> i mean it, it didn't eat every green piece okay, that i okay. had on mine i mean oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. i just saw some brown and i'm thinking you know oh, what's going on okay. over
1: here i'm thinking and it was ton- bagworm. oh but, yeah i'd wait for that <laughs> yeah yeah
2: if all the green is gone, it's not a good sign. Yeah.
1: And let's see. We'll switch over. Someone has called and wants to know, is it time to put down pre-emergent for weeds? Yes. He's thinking like we're winter thinking. winter
3: weeds. Uh, the short answer is like Jim just said, absolutely yeah. Yeah. yes.
2: <laughs> let's get into that in a minute. Yeah. But first, let's, before we get out of this break right here, let's talk about do houseplants clean uh, the toxins out of your air and, and listen and i've gotten online before and i've read about it Buku seen uh, articles just in the yeah. last week about how well they take out and then how
3: toxins. even some house plants are better doing it than other mm-hmm. house plants mm-hmm. you know right.
2: okay
1: Dun, da, da. it's
2: time for a little science uh, here we <laughs> go. a moment mm-hmm. of science yes okay here are the facts. All of this is based on a 1989 study that a gentleman at NASA did. He was His job was to try to figure out a way to clean the air inside of a capsule, um, mm. a rocket capsule. Now, we're talking about the about a square meter roughly the inside of a volkswagen okay and what they did they tried 12 different plants ficus uh, mother-in-law's tongue they did peace lily okay they put them in a totally sealed container injected three different vocs that's a volatile organic compound they did benzene Formaldehyde and a third one, which is really important. And are these, are these
3: typically what would these are things find that are in our house.
2: Absolutely, these okay. are things that are emitted by furniture, by okay. printers. These are things that are constantly okay. bombarding you. Um, and and there, also, you get them from from plants. To also, you know, and we talk about. I've mentioned this here before. If you've ever been to the Smoky Mountains, that smoke is not clouds. That's well, it's clouds of volatile organic compounds. Wow. Is what that is. It causes that constant smoke so anyway they put each one in there they knew exactly how much chemical they put in and then at the end of 24 hours they measured the chemical right. well mm-hmm. here the thing is most of us do not live in a sealed container True. Okay. <laughs> all right those plants had nothing to breathe except that stuff and so they took in a good bit of it mm-hmm. so on paper it looks really good I gotcha. but this has has absolutely no effect nothing to do with real life okay mm-hmm. in a real life situation every time you open a door air moves through the entire house mm-hmm. back and forth okay mm-hmm. you've got your air circulation system that's taken out so last year two guys at drexel university decided let's look at this and see it how much truth there is to it so they looked at Twelve or nineteen published st- papers. Mm-hmm. Now these were these were you know good scientific data. They checked a hundred and ninety three different experiments wow. to see what this would do, and the what happened after all of this and they looked at it is plants in your house do less than one percent of. Rem- removal that an air purifier would do. Really? Yes. Virtually none. Okay. Mm. Uh, So if you're putting plants in your house to clean your air, you would have to have something in the neighborhood of 20 plants per square meter on the ground Mm -hmm. to do any good whatsoever.
1: So like when we had we used to do this show in the FedEx old FedEx building that had that huge atrium, mm-hmm. and when we would go in, it'd be like, it smells so good, and I can breathe better, but they had lots of plants in there.
2: They did, and yeah. but all of that, most a lot of those are not good for you to breathe, you know? Mm-hmm. How many of you like the smell of a new car? Love it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There are over 40 different compounds there that you're breathing, and, and almost none of them are good for you. <laughs> Yeah. All right? So yeah.
1: People wonder you know. what's wrong with now, this. So plants
2: have a great benefit for improving your attitude mm-hmm. overall, yeah. for muffling sound, yeah. Okay. for catching dust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you're putting them in there to purify your air, you're fooling yourself. It's not doing it, but if it makes mm-hmm. you happy, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, that is so it crazy. It filters
1: dust. Then it, it, it makes it the air better. Dust, yeah. See, I don't have to have the dust fly around. I mean, because I mean yeah. that's
3: one thing that people have to do. Typically, a lot of times, at least once a year, is take their house plants outdoors, wash them down, mm-hmm. wipe them down to get all the dust off of the foliage.
4: Right. Well, know? like
1: talking about NASA and square footage, I would went to, uh, to a place to buy wholesale. Plants. And so I put them all in the cab of my truck. And then I was talking. I was in there and I opened the cab of my truck and it was so delicious. It smelled fresh. You could feel the difference of mm-hmm. the plants, but there was humidity on the windows well, it, too where they were breathing. You know,
2: I've made the mistake of leaving plants in the car overnight. Yeah. Next morning, you know, remember last winter, you have I condensation did that. In
1: yeah. there.
3: it had
2: frozen
1: yeah. on yeah. the inside of my car. Right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah how how things that were once are not so
3: jim there again i mean people are throwing bricks at the radio right yeah, now yeah,
1: because i of want you. to i want to so bad but you're right here where's my brick yeah, <laughs>
2: but i mean yeah there's just there's no science to back any of that up okay and like you said because we're not
3: living in a airtight capsule by the way that's you right. know well,
1: yeah i'm just keep thinking it thinking it about because, like, our building is full of house plants. Well, like Jim said, if it makes you, you feel go better, in the building, it's not a big burst of nice air because the windows and the doors are open all the time. But when you walk into the all the beautiful plants, like Jim said, you're happier. It proves so, your attitude. Yeah. So either way, My it's, plants, a it's a good thing.
2: My plants make me happier, yeah. and I have. It's taken a lot of plants to do that. <laughs> right.
1: Oh well. Like for instance, do we need to go to break, and then tell us after the break? For instance. Okay. Remember the patio, my, my balcony that the balconies underneath were falling. Yeah,
4: And so we had to move
1: every, all those plants off the balcony. Well, um, a friend of mine go, we go out on the balcony and it's just like, well, I have all these plants and that you know, so when we had to take them all in and we went back on the balcony with just concrete and a chair, he went, I know why we have all those plants yeah. now, yeah. because it makes you feel better. Who yeah, wants does. to sit on a balcony where you look like a, a goldfish up there? Where well, you look like what is that? Goldfish in a bowl, glass bowl, yeah, well, where everybody could see. But you saying, saying just a chair sitting up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and they're like, well, this is no fun.
2: Do you know there's a city in California that has forbidden people to keep goldfish in a bowl? What? because, oh. because it distorts their view of the real world.
1: Oh no. Yeah. Are just people <SS> nuts comment. or what? it I'm right on that line. It's it's hard because I get too much emotional over things that are constricted areas. But then I go, well, it's not a hum. Quit projecting human feelings on most animals especially little critters that's just what they know is that little fishbowl hey some goldfish the best
3: the best home they'll ever have is inside that fishbowl okay? well
1: yeah i guess we better head to a break quickly and call us 844-747-8868
0: this is mid-south gardening on the mighty 990 kwam and streaming online at mighty 990.com
5: I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand new towels. These things are incredible, and best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorbent and you're normally going to pay over $100, but thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to mypello.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPello products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, mypello.com promo code stars.
2: Did you
1: know families that typically make $35,000 to $95,000 annually often won't qualify for the federal Pell Grant? At Liberty University, we created a solution to help students afford
7: the quality education they deserve. Our Middle America Scholarship, when combined with the Liberty Champion Award, will match the Pell Grant, a value of up to $5,495
1: per year for up to four years. Learn more by texting MAS to 49596. Again, that's MAS to 49596. 49- Nine five nine six.
8: Hello
5: Americans, I'm Todd Starnes. America is in a funk, and that's why I wrote our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a drawl. It's a collection of inspirational and encouraging and hilarious stories about exceptional Americans who are doing good deeds, stories about faith and family, God and country. I do have hope for America because my hope is not based on a political party. My hope is built on a much higher power. Our Daily Biscuit, it's a buttermilk biscuit for the soul.
1: Good morning, good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. Call us at 844-747-8868.
3: And if you can call the local number, is 901-260-5926. And you can go to com and hear all of this. And then go to the Mighty 990 Facebook page, Jim, and shoot us a text. See Miss mm-hmm. Veda there live. And um, all, you can always live. go back and Do listen I to the podcast. look
1: live right now? You look great right now. <laughs> Thank you. But, and oh, we we, so. we also
2: want to welcome our affiliates that are with us. Um, joining us uh, for the last two hours is WNIX in Greenville, Mississippi, AM 1330 and FM 101.1. Welcome. And again, welcome our good folks over in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. nuga Radio, 92.7 FM. Absolutely. Thank right. you for joining us.
1: Yes. And we're going to uh, answer a question real quick, but... This is what is so amazing. Got to brag. We were cleaning out stuff that was my grandmother's, and I can't believe it. I found a stack of Rodale organic gardening magazines from 1968. Mm. Amazing. So I started reading a little bit, but I got to go through it all and see to see what you know how things change and what's still the same and all that. And at that time. The chemicals were um really pushed because it was kind of new. And in sixty eight well, I guess it was new in forty five or something after the war. No, when started, you say the yeah.
3: chemicals were pushed out, what do you mean? Yeah. Insecticides. That? Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were um you know, like now we're kind of like go to organic Maybe use the natural, maybe use the um, synthetic. But at that time, it was like the thing yeah. because it came out and solved so many problems and all. But Rodale still had their organic thing going on yeah. in 1968. I'm so it was so awesome to find those.
2: And, and we still have to, when we're talking about organics, there's still chemicals there that we haven't been able to identify. Ooh, uh, yeah. I was reading an article recently where uh, one of those nature natural food companies, mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. they add things like hawthorne and things like that yeah. to their their supplements um, they uh, they've been analyzing it looking for pesticides okay mm-hmm. natural well, they, right but running it through a, a spectrometer or what a spectrograph or whatever kind of thing they do they had 34 chemicals that they still couldn't identify Wow so but they've found a new process to run after that and now they're down to 19 but there's still 19 chemicals there that they haven't been able to identify chemicals that were in the shrub itself in the hawthorn yeah not not added to the hawthorn with a spray right so this we you know they have to they're trying to identify those to see if they're pesticides or if they're natural production yeah, i'm hearing so, that you know there's the more we can learn mm-hmm. you know the more difficult it's getting, right because
1: see we're putting it in we're trying to grow it in places that it shouldn't be grown and so we're using chemicals but if it was a native environment that didn't have all that added to it then you won't because i mean i've taken milk thistle i've taken dandelion root all that stuff and it works awesome for me so how can i say it's bad unless like 30 years from now they say you died because there was extra chemical and and milk thistle that we didn't know about exactly which could happen but organic
3: products i mean you read the label you you still want to treat those with caution Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, organic does not mean safe
3: no Mm -hmm. absolutely i mean in in case to point i mean look at just old-fashioned wonderful liquid seaweed yeah love that product mix it with water spray it on anything in the world you know, liquid seaweed used to have vegetables on the label. Yeah, the EPA made yeah. them take it off. You know why? Because it had, it has natural arsenic in it. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Yeah. I mean, like Milorganite, like well, I mean, you know, all of them right. that have the.
3: But, but little, I mean, yeah. you can you can dissect these things. As much as you want, yeah, you know, but I, 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 I can't recommend that people use seaweed mm-hmm. on vegetables anymore. Yeah, but I would definitely
2: use it on my vegetables. You know, I was reading th- an article last night about guys who are they're uh, snake hunters in the Everglades right. trying to help remove the uh, the really toxic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean the really big snakes that aren't supposed to be there, and so what they thought they could do was if they could convince people that it's good to eat, then that would be a way to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. But what they're finding is they've got too much mercury in them, Mm -hmm. you know, from eating Mm -hmm. other things that are Mm -hmm. mercury laden. Look at the tuna that's out in the the sea, you know. Yeah,
1: there's so many many ways. Sometimes knowing too much Mm -hmm. is knowing too much. We're going to go for, go for a way in a minute. Yep. <laughs> we'll be right back.
8: When it comes to fresh, you can always taste the difference. That's why at FarmView Market, you'll always find 100% grass-fed beef. No hormones, no antibiotics, just pure pasture-raised grass-fed beef. And that care and devotion goes into all of our products at FarmView Market. Taste the difference yourself by visiting FarmViewMarket.com. Carry-out and curbside services are still available. FarmView Market, farm-to-table fresh, always. FarmViewMarket.com. America has a new choice for fair and balanced news.
0: Toddstarns.com, journalism you can trust. From some of the best reporters and opinion writers in the business, Toddstarns.com takes you to the front lines of the culture war, defending faith, freedom, and your family. Toddstarns.com also features exclusive interviews with America's top newsmakers like Mike Huckabee, Franklin Graham, and Newt Gingrich. Find out why millions of Americans read Toddstarns.com every day. It's news you can trust. Toddstarns.com the garden help you need now mid-south gardening powered by palladio home and garden with your hosts veda vance kenneth mabry and jim crowder
1: good morning and welcome to mid-south gardening this is our third hour and we thoroughly thoroughly enjoy it we thank all of our listeners for calling in I'm Veda with Palladio. And
2: I'm Kenneth with Dan West Garden Centers. And I'm Jim Crowder, retired nurseryman and administrator of our Facebook group. Which is a great Facebook group, Mm -hmm. by the way, Mid-South Gardening. Uh We just crossed uh, something like 7,100 members.
1: Oh, no. I forgot to look all week. That's because I've been in the garden.
4: Yes. Okay.
1: So uh, we have a caller asking about pre emergence, and that was on all our list because it's getting winterizing time. Um, And it
3: says, is it time to put in a pre emergent for winter weeds? Mostly, you know, the chickweed, the Mm poanna, the uh, the hen bit, those kind of things that come up when it's cooler.
1: The the pretty flowers? Yeah. The ones that you don't see
3: till next spring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, Jim, I mean, you know, in, in VEDA, you know, we typically will put a pre-emergent down starting, you know, anytime now. Uh, and the one that I like in particular is uh, Dimension because you can use it in your lawn and you can also use it up in your flower beds, okay? Uh, we always caution about putting a pre-emergent down if you plan on coming back and putting fescue seed down this fall because it will keep all seed from coming up, including fescue so don't put it down in any area that you're going to come back and put seed down, uh, especially within the next three to four months, okay? So, yes, do
2: it now. Come back uh, in, what, four months and do it again? Yeah, I'd like to do it again december Yeah. And then again February. And, and then people will ask
3: you, why in the world would you want or think that you would need to put a pre-emergent down in December. Right. You know, well, because when you put a pre-emergent down and you water it in, it has a residual from anywhere to three to five months, depending on how heavy you put it down. But let's just say three months, for example. You put put it down, after three months, the residual is gone, okay? So now you're in the month of December. Well, Mm -hmm. people are thinking, well, weeds don't come up in December. Well, actually, they do. Yeah, I mean,
2: how often do we have roses in bloom yeah, here? You can right. have a I mean, very mild. Things, things are still similar. growing. Yes, right. That. Yeah,
1: because of our climate, we got an extra pre-emergent. Because then, I'm thinking, why do we put it down in the fall if you know we're winter? This is what people are thinking. We're winter. There's no weeds. Yeah, but, but depending on where you live, there right. will be.
3: But also keep in mind the pre-emergence that you typically put down in the fall or for the fall and winter weeds that come up. The same pre-emergent that you put down in the early spring or for the spring and summer weeds that come up, okay? But, uh, Jim, you, you all recommend putting pre emergents down every three months through the whole year.
2: I, I do. You know, the nice thing about dimension is the heavier you put it down, the longer your coverage That's is going right. to be. So typically, I think you're going to get about – Three months of excellent control, right. and then beyond that, it begins to degrade some. Right. So if you do it on three month intervals, you keep that rate up. Now, again, like Kenneth said, not where you're going to plant seed uh, lawn seed, and also not any place where you're, you're having plants reseed themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you, if you're doing columbine or coneflowers or reseeding, yeah. you don't want to put a preemerge down there either. Yeah. Okay. Right. So. It's, it's not for everywhere, but it can be.
1: Yeah. So, so the theory, okay, let's see. If you put down a set, we say if you put down a September, then it keeps your Poanna from coming up the next uh, spring. But if the residual is only three months, have you killed the weed seeds or is it the December application that takes care of the Poanna? But it prevents
2: any that would come up from the september application mm-hmm. not lasting through till february yeah into february gotcha. you know the mm-hmm. one we put down february is primarily for crabgrass right. yeah okay. yeah yeah we like to do it i like to do it again in may because you have things like goosegrass that are mm-hmm. summer germinating they need hot weather before they come up right and yeah. you'll cover some of that with your Late February, early March application, but you still need to boost that through the summer because if you weren't watering, you probably wouldn't have anything come up. Yeah. But if people are watering their lawns then you're likely to have But I'm a true believer in, in pre emergence. Had a yeah. lady in the garden yeah, center yeah, yesterday, Veda,
3: Jim, mm-hmm. and she had this uh, uh bouquet of mulberry weed that was coming Ooh. up in her uh, in her beds, and yeah. she said, "All I've been doing is pulling this stuff." And yeah. I said, "Well, listen, this time after you pull it all up, what she really doesn't mind doing, she don't want to do it, but she doesn't mind doing it because she wants a clean bed." I said, "This time when you pull all this up, come back and put a pre-emergent down, yeah. and that would keep a lot of that weed seed from coming back." You know, so mm-hmm. if you're not using that pre-emergent, these things are constantly
2: reseeding themselves. Yeah, yeah and mulberry weed is one of those yeah. late summer right. germinating, so that May applications kind of critical for that. Right.
1: Yeah, I had a customer come in and he said, "You know, weeds in the bed." And it was the weeds that we seed. Of course, it wasn't the Bermuda. I always check that because sometimes they call Bermuda weeds. And so I showed him what he could use to to kill all the weeds out. And then I said, but Mm -hmm. he goes, I'm so tired of weeding Mm -hmm. and I'm having to take care of my mom's yard. I go, well, that's easy. Get this pre-emergent. You put it down. Stops weed seeds. First apply now. Kill Mm -hmm. them. Put the pre-emergent down. Do it again and he was like well, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. like that's exactly what he said as he walked off and i'm thinking well i'll see you next year yeah and you're going to be complaining about the weeds at the same time so just do it yeah. i mean pre-emergent is you know pre-emergent is quote-unquote the dimension dimension is chemical but mm-hmm. you can still think of this as organic even though that's like a chemical that's and, a, and not a real toxic one that's going down you're preventing an issue that you don't have to spray mm-hmm. weed killer which then saves water and gets rid of some of the toxic things that that you're using and um you know kind of offsets using that pre-emergent yeah, so it, it's just either way and you keep know? in
3: mind it, it doesn't keep Every weed from coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of our weeds do come up from seed, and that's what it's for. It keeps that seed from really maturing, okay? Uh, there are some perennial weeds that come back from root uh, that you'll eventually have to go out there and either dig up or spot treat with some Roundup or whatever. But if you want to have a cleaner lawn and a cleaner bed, uh, other than using mulch in the beds, the pre emergence are definitely the way to go. You know?
1: What you think? <laughs> what you I think like jim it. <laughs> Ooh, and, love it love it and, and, um yeah and,
3: and I had another somebody text in uh, miss dale she said my moonflowers are blooming at the very top of mm-hmm. the vine and she wanted them to bloom lower can she cut them back at this point uh well you can but I, I wouldn't recommend it i mean if you've got moonflower vines that are blooming at this moment which typically you do Uh, You don't want to go in there and cut them way back because then you're running Mm -hmm. out of time for them to come back out and bloom again for you. What I would do is have a trellis that maybe isn't 9 to 10 foot tall. Lay it on its side.
4: Yeah.
1: you say that again lay it on, lay it on its, its side
4: the trellis
1: yeah yeah
3: uh or, or get a trellis that's only four to five foot tall that way if they're blooming at the top of the trellis you, <laughs> you know it's right them. there right so yeah, yeah i wouldn't I, I wouldn't go out there and cut them back this late i would just uh, you know maybe have them come down or have a smaller trellis out there next yeah. year
2: most plants that are vines bloom best on horizontal wood mm-hmm. okay vines by their nature grow up through whatever's supporting them, then canopy out in the mm-hmm. full that's sun right. on top. And that's people
1: right. try to prune that off. That's yep. right. Yeah. So
2: that's the reason, you know, wisterias and stuff don't want to bloom until they get to the top of whatever they're climbing, yeah. yep. and then they'll start blooming. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's that's a perfectly natural thing. So if you're wanting them to bloom lower, then make your trellis lower. Do something that will get those plants started sideways mm-hmm. earlier in the season mm-hmm. and you'll have your flowers down where you can see them yeah so dale hope that that'll help you my dear
1: yeah i always wondered why um we would buy climbing roses and people thought that climbing meant straight up mm. You know, which it does mean, but they can grow straight up. But like you said, they have to have that horizontal to bloom really thick and beautiful. We
2: really do a disservice calling them climbing roses. They don't climb. They don't attach to anything. Mm -hmm. They are ramblers. Mm -hmm. Mm, They tend to grow and weep over, and that's when they make their best flowers.
1: Man, so a climbing rose would be absolutely beautiful if you let it weep over. That's right. I think it would be, but anyway. Well, yeah. they
3: typically need some kind of support, you know, but you can uh, let them. Uh,
4: n- well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're <laughs> wanting <laughs> it to climb. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, but you can
3: create that, though. You can have them where they're off the ground and mm-hmm. grow through the support or train them to, you know, to grow yeah. through the support and then let them do their thing. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to keep them in this nice little tight, manicured little straight up and down trellis, right. okay? Yes. No, Jim, you don't. I know he's, looking, he, he's, he's looking talking like, about
2: king manicure over here. But yeah. you don't have to
3: do that. Right. And but even like, some of the, you know, the David Austin roses, the mm, English roses, love them. you know, a lot of those are uh, ramblers, ramblers. You know, where you can let them just kind of grow up and kind of weep back over, and they can be unbelievably beautiful. You know,
1: right? Well, of course, too, if you have a patio and you want a rose and the conditions are right. This one's kind of hard if it's up against the wall, but uh, you can still do the espalier with it. Right. You know, just have it a thin, yeah. maybe a foot wide of plant growing horizontally. Yeah. That's and you the get key. Getting
2: that up. horizontal wood for bud production. As it, long as you're training it straight up, it ain't going to bloom And much. it makes me yeah. think
3: of also, yeah, you true. know, years and years and years ago, Gina, uh, Gina, Jim on his uh, Facebook page or a... a con- he, he he wrote an article about a tomato bench, okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there again, you know, we're trying to stake tomatoes. We're trying to cage them, you know, mm-hmm. but tomatoes want to ramble
2: also. They're ramblers. You so know, believe yeah. it or not, they oh, do. I've tomato table. Them. I yeah. have
1: seen them growing over an arbor before, mm-hmm. like the cherry tomatoes, and just you could just reach up and get them. All right, we've got to run to another break. We've got lots of good topics to talk about. And if you want us to talk about your topic, call us 844-747-8868.
0: Don't go anywhere. More of Mid-South Gardening coming up on the Mighty 990 KWAM and streaming online at Mighty990.com. The towels, they just
5: don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at Pillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand-new towels. These things are incredible. And best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorb and you're normally going to pay over $100 but thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell 39.99 that's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to mypello.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPello products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800 839 8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, mypello.com promo code STARNS. No matter where you're going, take along Brim Snack Foods to make your
6: day even tastier. Cheese puffs, cheese curls, cracklins, chatter fries, popcorn, pork rinds, potato chips, tortilla and corn chips, and so much more. Family owned and operated, Brim's has been serving communities for almost 40 years, and their delicious snacks have been sold throughout the South. Brim's Snack Foods, life is so delicious. Sight & Sound Theatres presents a brand new original stage production. Everyone has a story. All young women are to be taken to the palace. The
1: choices we must face.
0: Go to the king. Plead for the lives of your people.
1: At a time that was chosen for us. No one
4: can
0: ever know who you are.
1: What you're about to see is my story.
0: Queen
6: Esther, live on stage at Sight & Sound Theatres. For tickets, visit site
1: soundcom Good morning. Welcome back to Mid South Gardening. Let's go to some gardening questions we have. Yeah, we had
3: Carl Edwards that sent in a text on the Mighty990 uh, Facebook page. Carl Roberts. Yeah, Carl Roberts. What'd I say?
2: Edwards. Oh, Carl Word
3: Roberts. Edwards. And it brought. says um, something, let me just go back to it. I'm trying to find it here. It said, is there a natural dog repellent? in the form of a perennial. He said his
2: flowers have been watered unwanted, and we all know what that means. You know, that's one of them. I love dogs. Mm-hmm. I am a dog person. Same, Same here. Had five at one time.
4: Yeah.
2: However, I do not walk my dogs because mm-hmm. I do not want them peeing on other people's throats. Yeah. And it's not the fact that You know, peeing on it once is the issue. It's because the next dog that comes along smells that and wants to mark that as their territory. Right. Right. So if somebody is walking by your house every day, that plant gets peed on 365 (laughs) Mm -hmm. times. Potentially. And
1: some plants don't care. But if there are two
2: dogs, that immediately doubles. Yeah. So it's a lot of urine going Mm -hmm. on those spots. So that's the reason I do not walk my dogs. I'm mm. uh, I, I just not going to do that to other people's plants.
1: So natural, pre- or perennials. natural perennials. That would well, maybe
2: repel a dog.
1: What could you put in there? A snake, a fake snake. That's not a perennial. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but maybe it's a different way around the perennial. Yes. Arte- is
2: Artemisia has a smell that's not pleasant. Mm. Um, wormwood, Artemisia, yeah. right? Uh, we And talked about geraniums, which you'd have to plant every year, but you are going to have to kind of circle your plants, not just plant one there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like people plant, oh, I'm going to put a mosquito plant on my patio yeah. and I won't have any mosquitoes. Yeah, duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one Maybe, maybe if you plant mean, 10, it. you won't. Just, mini. Yeah. You'd have to cover your yeah. your patio and stand in the middle of them.
1: <laughs> and it'd be worth it if you get eat up by mosquitoes tremendously like some people do. Mm-hmm. Now, reduce the population so you have a few little less bites. But I don't
3: know of a you know a true dog repellent that
2: is a Mm -hmm. perennial. But you're saying you could try You could try some of these things that have a strong fragrance. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now they are naturally going to want to mark, you know, particularly if it's a male, mark Mm -hmm. a territory. Mm -hmm. And they may overpower
1: Right. that you, artemisia. whatever you put
2: there and, That's and
8: a
3: tough but the artemisia is a perennial where something like the senecio geranium uh what probably citronella yeah uh yeah you plant that of course in the spring and you mm -hmm. plant that as an annual so try that and then there are repellents of course that you can put out there dog and cat
2: repellents, and and a lot of these are natural that you can put down you know Mm -hmm. Uh, most of them use rotted eggs and things like that
1: oh that reminds me Uh, of which is in the
2: repels right dog and cat Yeah. yeah
1: That um of course, we lived out in the country, and the dogs from across the street he had a dog kennel would get loose every once in a while, and come over, and there were some stray dogs come over, knock the trash cans over, mm. take out the trash, um you know, do everything with it, so my dad got some made some old ground beef, you know, got it smelly, Ew. put um Onions and eggs, probably some garlic. Ooh. Yeah, garlic. Smushed it all up into these patties. Nice burger there. In the yeah, put it in the trash, and so the next time the dogs went out, they got a hold of all that, and so that would cure it for months. But then you know you'd have to over apply shouldn't, it.
2: Shouldn't, shouldn't give dogs onions and garlic. That's yeah, toxic.
1: that's why. <laughs> so uh that was the yeah, that was the. Repellent. These are not recommendations. Right, right. So. <laughs> At least the gross ground beef would do something, but I don't guess you want to put that... In your neighbor's yard where they're marking. Well, first oh. of all, the price
3: of meat has gone up. Okay. You know, so no, <laughs> yeah. we're not going to use that as a repellent. Right. Um, but also, Carl uh, sent another text and he said that we had our yard treated for army worms about a month ago, which a lot of people have been doing that because army worms have been horrible this year. They told us it would last a year, uh, and yesterday, as we were mowing everything, we mowed white moths were mm-hmm. flying up. Uh, is that a reinfestation, and should they treat uh, for army worms again in the future?
1: Uh, well we we'll us see probably not I mean yeah because we're getting close to the end of the season I mean and you know army it worms are not as right I
3: mean we had you know we were having multiple people mm-hmm. in every minute mm-hmm. talking about army worms in the garden center you know even three to four weeks ago uh, and slowly but surely you know uh, they're they're kind of phasing out talking about mm-hmm. the army worms we're not getting as many calls and as many people coming in now they are, you know, a real deal. I mean, they'll go through your yard and eat every green blade you have on your on your lawn. Uh, but we're just not seeing as much of that now. Depending on, like Jim had to come depending on what they used in Carl's yard, mm-hmm. uh, most of these uh, insecticides have a residual. Uh, whether it's bifenthrin, whether it's some of the uh, the permethrin family products, mm-hmm. they have a residual. So, no, and just because you're seeing moths out there when you're cutting your grass doesn't mean that you still are going to have a
2: reinvestation reinfest- of army worms. Yeah, you know, the, depending, again, on the chemical, it's going to last through the season. Now, as far as lasting a year till next fall, no. I doubt it. No, okay. I agree. Yeah, but I think that most of these could get you through the season because they're going to be gone here in 30 to 45 days totally. Um you know, you're going to see the moths. They're going to fly in, okay? But they're not doing the damage. It's their caterpillar. Yeah. And that, if they eat on anything that has that chemical on it, they're dead. Yeah. So I think probably you're going to get control. So don't panic over the moths, okay?
1: Well, like um, the army worms. The reason why i had such huge population because they're here they're laying their, laying their eggs in the summer but we had uh cooler wet areas so that was able to make them populate more it
3: was horrible this year yeah
1: but um <laughs> so they're having their second round and the first round i think you're really not paying attention well first round second round their eggs look like little bbs about the height that about the pin said pin-sized bb's and you can see them under eaves on trees on plants i've seen them forever and didn't know what they were and then they turn into a caterpillar they send a uh, web down and they go into the grass and then that's where they start so when you see those types of eggs great start scraping them off that'll help reduce some Good morning, gardeners. Welcome back. Oh, we only have about 25 minutes left. Sadness. Four hours? Shall we go for four? No, that lazy. Okay, really. Like Kenneth, I think. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, no, this is my day off. You keep taking my hours. He's
2: dangerously <laughs> approaching a sports programs. Oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah because the, hey, it. the Tigers that's do it. play
2: today at six o'clock. <laughs> when do
1: the Tigers play again? Do they Kenneth? play at six o'clock. I've told
3: y'all like four or five I times. I know, but
1: I still can't remember. Oh, that's right. Okay, let's. Let's see, Gail. Good morning, Gail. You're in the Mid South Garden, Ning. morning. Oh, good morning.
3: Hey, Gail. Good morning uh, to you, dear.
10: Well, you told you told me about my moonflowers, and I had waxed ring going all the way from a piece of cedar wood down uh, from the garden all the way up to the ceiling yep. of my front porch, and I could leave that up year round. So I got to find something else.
3: That's right.
10: Um. Um, I have a Harry Lauders walking stick that's um, 8 feet tall and 8 feet diameter. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been using an oil spray on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could I use something systemic instead? You
3: can. I mean, and you can do it one or two ways, Gail. You can get a systemic granulated product that you sprinkle in the soil and just water it in. Uh, or you can get a systemic uh, concentrate that you mix and spray on there. Absolutely, you can use a systemic insecticide on that Harry Lauder's walking stick. Yes, ma'am. Yeah,
2: drench would be my preference.
1: What was on the Harry Lauder walking stick? Well, I just missed insects. That. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just insects. Yeah,
10: so. I've got just uh, something's eating on the leaves.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So nothing wrong with using a
2: systemic, no ma'am.
1: When's it going to well, be effective? the system well
2: you know the best time really to put a systemic down is, and, it's, and this is in a container you said gail
10: oh it's, no it's, it's about, in the
7: ground
2: it's yeah. in the ground okay. yeah to be eight feet tall and eight yeah. feet wide it's about,
10: yes. it's about uh, 40 45
1: years old yeah, yeah. wow cool
2: yeah it, it, the imidacloprid drench you can just pour right around the base now, this time of the year, the, the foods are beginning to move to the root system, so it's not going to get that chemical up in it very well. The best time to put it down would be in the, whenever the ground is not frozen or overly wet in January, February, and then as the sap is rising, it will carry that quickly all the way up into the plant. Mm-hmm. And it'll give you a full year and probably two True. Uh, years of control.
1: And you know well, what? The leaves are going to fall off soon And they're not going to be able to do a lot of damage So you could just possibly Not even worry about it now Not right now Yeah, right now yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what kind of a drench would
3: I put in
4: there? It's
3: the, called um, Systemic Yeah, it's it's called uh, Systemic Tree and Shrub Insect Drench Just like Jim was saying It's just a product, gale that you just mix with water And you just pour it out of a watering can Yeah, real simple
10: Okay, and next I have a, a Creeping Charlie mixed in with my Coreopsis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, can I do anything about that? No, just pull it. Just pull it. Oh, That's okay. about it.
2: I mean, if you can get under there, um, you can use like a two-inch paint roller, mix you up a little roundup, and just take that and roll it on it. Um just make sure it doesn't touch the green stems or the the tops of your uh, coreopsis, and that will kill it. And if you need to temporarily, once you coat it, put a piece uh, a, a piece of cardboard between your plant and the creeping Charlie. And leave it there for a day or so so that it has time to dry that way you don't have to worry about any drip getting on it if so it you're, leans over so on so you saying, jim use something like a roundup type
3: product but instead of spraying the roundup maybe try to roll it on roll there. it on with like and an use a paint roller, roller. roller.
1: Yeah. with a long handle or so re- you don't have to get short
2: handle even up underneath
4: well, I yeah.
1: yeah i don't want to get close to the roundup that close where it kind of it's in my nose i don't like that smell so i'm gonna do it from back i've been too close to round up too long
3: <laughs> but other than pulling i mean hand weeding uh gail and and selectively spot treating
10: not a whole lot you can do about that okay what about um creeping Sally in uh, in the lawn? Yeah,
3: I mean, a broadleaf weed killer uh, that we like weed free zone that you can spray in your lawn when the temperatures are below, say, 85 degrees. Uh, a typical broadleaf weed killer is going to kill that creeping Charlie safely in your lawn. Yes, ma'am.
1: Is it like, on, is your lawn um, not really thick where that creeping Charlie's growing into? Because it sounds like it's just trying to go, it goes where. It has soil with no competition, like in a yard. Zoysia. Um zoysia. Yeah. And there's a zo- zoysia like on the edge of where there's becoming shade, where the zoysia is getting not as thick. But that creeping and ginger just grows through everything, now that I'm thinking. gorgeous zoysia. Yeah, I'm thinking that's just It just grows over the top of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, but a broadleaf weed killer, Gail, will get that. And, and your broadleaf weed killers, you can safely use on your established lawn, Yes, ma'am.
10: Okay, well, it's a it's really long-float uh, zoysia yard. Um. One more question.
4: Yeah.
10: I have... Um, a uh, philodendron that's about six and a half feet by five and a half feet and um, the leaves are oh, over 20 inches long wow. in some place and i i'm it's getting too big for <laughs> carrying in and out mm-hmm. of the uh, <laughs> in fact, uh I'm, I'm worried about trying to put it
1: through, through the door to get it inside again. We prune pieces off. We prune them off all the time at the garden center to keep them uh, compact and then root them and then make more. So it's not a problem to prune pieces off. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, oh, sometimes okay. you just have to, Gail, yeah. by default, you know. Uh, that are you know you wind up donating them to somebody that, that has a right. bigger a yeah. bigger place for them. But if they're going from indoor <laughs> to outdoor and they eventually they're going to get big, either you got to prune them like Veda's talking about or just uh, start
1: over.
10: Well, how do you prune them and and root them? Uh, I never mean, um, do that. Oh,
1: take it to where you see the leaf, and then the stem goes all the way down to the main trunk. Just prune mm-hmm. it right there. Sometimes you snap it off, and then you just take it and put it in water. Really? Yeah. That,
10: that simple?
1: Yes, and then you'll start seeing roots. It's
10: in roots. a 22-inch 20, plastic pot, and the soil's piled up high around it. Um, I use um, um, worm castings mm-hmm. on it to keep
1: it alive. <laughs> That's great to hear that you're replenishing the soil. That helps it a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, All right Gail? Well, let us know how that goes, but it's no problem pruning some off. Yeah. Re- yeah. Well, thanks for the call.
3: Thanks, Gail. And then, uh, Barbara, can we go to her? Uh...
1: All right, Barbara, good morning. Good Alan? morning. Hi, you had a question oh. about potting soil? Yes,
10: ma'am. It seems to me, and this is a good name brand, but the, it's changing. I don't like it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And I had heard, you know, ages ago that the Botanic Gardens stole some. Do they still
2: do that? They do at the spring plant sale. They'll bag some. Oh, uh, and okay. it's, it's just a blend that they put together. Um, and it true. is. It's an excellent soil. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and you can get...
2: And, and you okay, might you. check over in the gift shop. Sometimes they would have some extra bags over there to sell. So okay. just you can walk in the front door there and ask them. And if not, you probably can ask them to make you up some.
10: Okay, I will sure try that because I'm not liking what I'm getting in the store.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you go to independent garden centers, you'll get a lot of uh, mixtures of type of soils. It's not going to be exactly mm-hmm. like the botanic garden does, but it's got nutrients and just just as rich as can be as well.
3: Yeah, we talk about that all the time, Barbara. You know, there's two dollar bags of potting soils, and, and you know, in, and up from there. Uh, And there's a huge difference in the cheap, cheap potting soils and the nice quality potting soils. I
10: buy what I thought was a good brand. I don't buy
1: the
10: cheap, cheap. It's a good brand. Yeah,
1: everybody's getting on the uh, wagon with that and increasing the price and labeling it organic. Or even... The soils, they've tried to change it up some, and now it becomes too heavy or too light, you know. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's hard. It's frustrating when the soil that you've done so well with is all of a sudden not working. I agree. And there's so many reasons.
10: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank y'all. I will check with the botanic garden. All right. Thanks for coming. Sounds
4: great. Yeah. Yeah,
2: They were mixing, I think, bark fines, uh, 100% cow manure, Mm -hmm. uh, perlite, and uh, cotton of, burr, yeah. I think, and for their blend.
1: Didn't I say one time they had some kind of shell in it? Or, uh, I feel like, or was that the, I don't think it don't, was the botanic Garden. I don't think so.
2: But anyway, it, I mean, it's a good mix. Now, it's not mm-hmm. perfect for everything. It's not something you want to use for something that needs to drain very quickly, like cacti or, or mm-hmm. you know, succulents. Uh, yeah. But it is a good all-around mix.
3: But, but what I would also tell Barbara, though, is uh, there are so many, good brands out there now. Absolutely. You know, whether it's uh the the Fox Farm potting soils like the Happy Frog, the Ocean Forest, which you can't go wrong with. The black golds are good, the you know the Faffords are good, Beta, mm-hmm. the, the Monrovia is good, the Fo- yeah. yeah, so you can I mean you can try another blend um, you know, or another brand if that one particular that you've been getting just isn't what you think it needs yeah, to be. Yeah, because
1: at first I would sell there's a bag of potting soil. Now you need this um, plant tone. You probably want to add a little green sand for extra nitrogen. Oh, yeah. Alfalfa mill is good. Cotton seeds Mm mill is good. Or you buy one that has all that in it already. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, we were talking about companion plantings. Looking more into it, you know, companion planting is really more about planting plants together that like the same environment. Mm-hmm. And one companion planting also would be soybeans and and corn, because and this goes to the leaving the roots in the soil. Mm. When you harvest the soybeans, the roots are still there. And it's asphyxiating that nitrogen in the soil. So when you plant the corn, you've got the nitrogen Mm -hmm. to go back into, you know, from the soybean roots back into the corn. So that's a companion planting. But we're understanding it all wrong, really. It's like you're going to companion plant by all my dry plants go here, all my wetter plants go here, you know, that that kind of thing is also, you know, that's more than planting marigolds one marigold in your vegetable patch to keep
3: the insects out yeah right? and when you
1: really got to just crunch that marigold up and get smell and all that before it actually works and one's i going to do it jim what are you, are you rolling your eyes or are you just we'll, thinking
2: we'll we'll put that one to the test here in the, yeah. in the not too distant future all right we'll <laughs>
1: run for a break we'll be right back
0: you're listening to mid-south gardening On the Mighty 990 KWAM and streaming online at Mighty990.com.
9: From Affirm Films comes the Kendrick Brothers' Show Me the Father.
2: All of us have a fatherhood story.
9: My dad was my hero growing up. My father was somebody who disappointed you. From the creators of War Room and Courageous comes an inspiring cinematic journey featuring five amazing true stories. I'm
6: stunned. He's real. He's really out there. This is really him.
8: Your perfect father in heaven can change the trajectory of your life.
9: Show Me the Father. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters September 10th.
8: When it comes to fresh, you can always taste the difference. That's why at FarmView Market, you'll always find 100% grass-fed beef. No hormones, no antibiotics, just pure pasture-raised grass-fed beef. And that care and devotion goes into all of our products at FarmView Market. Taste the difference yourself by visiting FarmViewMarket.com. Carry-out and curbside services are still available. FarmView Market, farm-to-table fresh, always. FarmViewMarket.com. America has a new choice for
0: fair and balanced news. Toddstarns.com, journalism you can trust. From some of the best reporters and opinion writers in the business, Toddstarns.com takes you to the front lines of the culture war, defending faith, freedom, and your family. Toddstarns.com also features exclusive interviews with America's top newsmakers like Mike Huckabee, Franklin Graham, and Newt Gingrich. Find out why millions of Americans read Toddstarns.com every day. It's news you can trust. Toddstarns.com. Hello Americans, I'm Todd
5: Starnes. America is in a funk, and that's why I wrote our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl. It's a collection of inspirational and encouraging and hilarious stories about exceptional Americans who are doing good deeds, stories about faith and family, God and country. I do have hope for America because my hope is not based on a political party. My hope is built on a much higher power. Our Daily Biscuit, it's a buttermilk biscuit for the soul.
1: Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back to the Mid-South Gardening. We're talking about companion plantings, and I, like I'm saying, I do agree with Jim on um, well, I know you agree with me on planting things together that live together, like yes. wet stuff, stuff, right. but I'm in, in agreement of uh, marigolds. Well, night. let me ask you this. Yeah. When
3: y'all say companion planting, you mean what? A plant that repels. benefits the other?
1: Actually, they're saying, uh, they're calling it that repels insects.
2: Or, yeah, but it's really a plant that benefits another plant. Right. Yeah. In some way. Now, that can be adding nitrogen to the soil. Mm-hmm. It can be repelling insects. Mm-hmm. Um, when when we talk about grouping plants. That's not really mm-hmm. companion plants. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's Those what are, I wanted. To, yeah. That's just that's putting things together that have the same horticultural needs, mm-hmm. so that you don't, you know.
1: Well, I have the same social needs, so <laughs> I'm companions with the people that I have the same. I, social, I have no social life, so I'm not worried about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> but, oh, um, but what do you think about in plants being used as natural insecticides? Whether it's citronella plants, whether it's marigolds, whether it's lemongrass, those kind of things,
2: you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Your take. Well, okay. There are some plants that will repel insects. Okay. Um, The question is, can you plant enough of them Mm -hmm. to offset the insects that are attacking your other plants and then usually the answer is no.
3: All right what about being used as repellents you know for um, uh,
2: to to have a mosquito plants uh, on your patio? You need to cover the entire patio and stand in the middle of them mm, and right. then, even then if there's a wind blowing you ain't going to get much result.
1: <laughs> it's blow past you. Yeah <laughs>
2: right. um, they just do not do that despite what you may have read or heard well-written articles mm. It isn't going to happen. Mm. Right. Um, so, so,
1: well I have a question. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm always loving to try to irritate Jim and yeah, Kenneth. She lives for this I moment. I right. No, okay, so what <clears throat> vegetables get spider mites?
2: Almost any of them if they get dry, particularly. Yeah, so,
1: that's the big thing is not to get spider mites. So, then I went to why do people plant marigolds when they're full of spider mites? Well, maybe the spider mites are going to the marigolds and not to your plants, but if they were dry, the spider mites would still come. So you'd have to have your soil moist, and then the spider mites can get to the marigolds. If you think that you can plant
2: a row of marigolds in between your tomatoes and draw Mm -hmm. all the spider mites to the marigolds, Mm You are living in a fantasy world, but why? But that's true anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but but that. if you
1: want to reduce the population on you your plants, you increase the
2: population. It's just like know. it is. It's just <laughs> like you know. We talk about the the Japanese, Japanese battle traps. traps. You know. You know. We yeah, always say put yeah, them away. Grow. Put them in the exterior put, part as of as your far property. Far as you can yeah. because if if they're within you know a hundred feet or more, you know, you are going to bring in more than you had before. Mm. So, you know, that's where you... I'm going
1: to have to... You plant down. some stuff. And you put. do. You just walk but, down
2: the street and tell your neighbor. You know. Oh, you've got some Japanese beetles. I got an extra yeah. trap. Why don't you put it up in your yard?
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Take it over there. Take yeah. it over there. Not right here in and my yard. And then people will
3: plant garlic. You know, as uh, as a companion plant uh, mm-hmm. to help repel other insects and so forth. But
1: it repels dogs, but not insects. Well, even that because they smell know, differently. They yeah. have different smellers. Yeah. They have different attractants. So the uh, USDA is actually working on. Uh, Creating a parasoid. Paras- Can you say that for me, Jim? That's your your technically the wasp. Uh, parasitic wasp. Yeah, the, the parasitic wasps. Okay. They're grow. They are injecting them into. Um, Dead gummit. Oh the. Uh, oh I can't remember. This is no fun. It's the locust or the yeah the locust. I think I'll think of the insect in a minute. But thank you. That's it. And so they're <laughs> injecting. That's what I thought. But then I'm like, I'm going to go to Locust because I'm not sure. But yep. emerald ash borer, they're actually injecting all these uh, paras- parasitic. Parasitic. <laughs> Can you all just tell me what I'm going to well, say? Well, they're
2: trying to genetically <laughs> modify them so that these will attack uh, just the emerald ash borer. And it's very promising. So, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the emerald ash borer has done huge amount of damage up to the northeast mm. um, and they're still doing it and, yeah and we have them in east tennessee you know there's some oh. counties that have got uh, uh rules about moving firewood out and that yeah. sort of thing. well they're you under, just under hope you know so. when you read about things like that that this is not uh, going to be an experiment gone bad you that's know? right yeah. there, so. there's the issue so much as so, there's so much bad info mm-hmm. about genetically modifying
4: things right. you know well
1: see i don't want to sound like i was cheating because i have the usda is working to rear massive numbers of parasoid wasps in a lab facilities on down the line but see jim and kenneth could just say it more eloquently yeah
2: i read it. Uh, science yeah. gone bad so oh, gotta be we're careful good to go
1: <laughs> y'all we will see you next hey, saturday that hoot. hoot is right we'll be right back next saturday
5: I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at Pillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand new towels. These things are incredible, and best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft, yet absorbent, and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to mypello.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS, or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, mypellow.com promo code STARNS.